This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. <laughs> who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Joe, stop yelling at me. I agree. And we're live. I am Joe. He is Rich. This is the flagship. This is an emergency flagship. Uh, not because of this being the wildest news day that I can ever recall since we've been doing this show, but because we both got married. Our anniversaries are are back to back days. <laughs> we didn't plan this well. So we never planned this well. The same thing happened last year. Tomorrow, uh, meaning Thursday is Rich's, what, sixth, fifth? Uh, oh, boy, let me do the math in my head there. 2016, fourth, fourth, I think. Fourth anniversary. You think? No, it's the fourth anniversary. She doesn't know. She, I would know more than she would, so. You better know. No, she wouldn't know. I don't even think she knew it was tomorrow <laughs> until until you mentioned that yours is Friday. Right. Spoiler alert. I think that's when it triggered to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> Mine's tomorrow. And then I was like, hey, uh, would you have any plans for tomorrow? She's like, what? What for what tomorrow? I'm like, anniversary. Oh. But I guess, like what, like you said, what are the plans really going to be, you know, with either respective anniversary this year? It's like, we yeah. can order from someplace cool. But yeah. See, that's, <laughs> still, see, that's what I figured. But that's still, you still got to block off the day. It because... still carries a little bit of weight. Like, oh, I thought we were going to do blank. Like, she wants to build, like, a raised garden in the backyard or whatever. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, I'll do that. You know, you still, you can't just sit on here and you and I talk about Big Japan the entire day. So, you got... We both dabbled in seeing if we could do the show. <laughs> you got to always try. You gotta Thursday try. or Friday. Is this, so oh. is this two for you or, or this is second, right? This is two. Two, okay. So we both dabbled. You dabbled and got immediately cut off at the pass by the nurse. I got a, uh, oh, it's okay. Which, I mean, you, you, know, you know women well enough to know the all lowercase O, comma, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like that is... No, essentially. Not okay. <laughs> right? Just say it's not just okay. say no at that point. I mean that that's how I yeah. read that. So I went, okay, I I got it. So. And I then dabbled, but that wasn't gonna happen because we've had uh, you know, this planned for, for, for weeks now. Not like you can have extravagant plans. I mean, you know what our big plans are for Friday? Our big plans are walking the dogs and then picking up a nice dinner to bring home to eat. But I mean, what else can you do? You know, <laughs> I mean, just but, going to like a fan, like taking out from a fancy place, maybe would be the, you know, that that's kind of that, that's what I kind of told her as well. I was like, oh man, well we can we can do whatever you want to do. We can you know work on the garden, that sort of stuff. And then 
man, we can order from wherever you want and eat it on our couch as, as usual. But we can order from somewhere. And it's like, where are you going to order? You know what I mean? Like, where are you going to go? It's not like you can go to a fancy dinner. You can order a steak from someplace, I guess. But, like, it's not the same when you take it home and it's in styrofoam. And you got to, like, microwave it to get it back he- heated up. and what? Like, you're not going to do that. So I, who the hell knows what we're going to do? I mean, the big thing for us is that the quarantined children will be with the quarantined mm, grandparents. Okay. So this house will be childless for about a 24-hour period. And as you know, Rich, Joe Lanza will never stop fucking. <laughs> and there will be a lot of fucking going on in this empty house. And this is not just restricted the bedroom fucking, obviously, uh, without the children around. So oh, that's be true. Fucking. You can kitchen. Yeah, you got, you got um, the den could always get in play here. There's going to be fucking all over this house. During that twenty-four hour, are you, are you, you're not an outdoor fucker, right? Silence. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Depending on the weather, we'll see. I just mean, like, in terms of what, like, uh, neighbors can see and whatnot. Is 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 it conducive I mean, to? I'm not. I'm not Kelly Kelly. I'm not an exhibitionist. But have I done some things in the outdoors? Have things been done in that backyard? I mean. I don't know. You can judge my tone. The the silence said everything you needed to say, Joe, right there. The 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 15 seconds of silence on your end. So, well, uh, congratulations. That should be a fun day then for you. Hopefully the weather's congratulations nice. Congratulations on the sex. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully the weather's nice. <laughs> there will be lots of sex. I'm sure you'll be having lots of sex as well on your anniversary. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um... There might be some things that get in the way of that. We'll find out. Well, to me, it's not any different. You know, that that's like I don't have to worry about the kids. Like we have the dogs, but they're not going anywhere anyway. So you know, it's it without the kids, you, any day could basically. Why would be there, dogs so. stop you from? Oh, that's mind. that's a long story. That's an hour three story. We can go the okay. I don't mind if the <laughs> hour dogs one? watch. You want, no, well, that's the problem. So okay, this is all hour three. I mean, that's fine. One of the dogs is perfectly okay with it. One of the dogs will just sit up, chill. He'll be on the other side of the bed. He'll be outside of the... Like, he doesn't care. He'll be sitting in the hallway. He doesn't give a shit. No problem whatsoever. The other one thinks that I'm attacking and killing her every single time. Oh, you got a cock block dog. Yeah, so he runs in. He starts biting and yelling and screaming and doing all this. And it's like, oh, my God. So what we do is you know, we'll close the door. The problem is, for whatever reason, this he will... He, even the door doesn't lock properly and I've tried to fix it. And I think I actually get it. Quarantine has helped that. So maybe we can actually do it no matter what, uh, <laughs> no matter what the circumstances are, but uh, we will close the door and if and it won't lock right. And it doesn't, he will just pound the door, pound the door, pound the door, pound the door until he gets in. So you have like, you know, you got about five minutes of like key time to make sure that everything goes. Cause like he, he, he's not strong enough to open it in one, but he is persistent. He will not stop. Um, so you got a little bit of time there, or you can just like distract him with a treat and then you can buy yourself like another four or five minutes or whatever, but it is, it is not easy, but I do think I fixed the door now. So hopefully it won't be an issue uh, moving forward. So, you, you know, if your dog thinks you're attacking her, you know, Creech must be laying some quality. <laughs> I sure nice, job. Nice, nice job out of you. I, you know, you always downplay it. Especially all the ass be... smacking that happens. Yeah. That really gets her, really gets him going. You so. must be laying some quality pipe. I'm proud of you. Tremendous job. Tremendous job. Um, but yeah, on the busiest news day in the history of the show. <laughs> Let's talk about Rich fucking. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. yeah, we make Rich tug his collar and feel uncomfortable about his anniversary sex. But uh, this show is live. This is the uh, week two of the, the live flagship experience. And we are actually smack dab in the middle of this wild WWE news day. So, you know, by the time the non-paying customers listen to the uploaded version of this, some of this may be 
uh, out of date. Uh, we're flying by the seat of our pants. We're getting information as we're doing this show live. We really got thrown into the deep end of the pool with the live show. Huh? I mean, geez, week two. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of one of the biggest news stories, really, in the history of WWE uh, as we uh, as are as we're broadcasting now. So we're not going to have a complete list, probably, of the talent that has been cut, because I assume these cuts are going to go on for the next probably 48 hours as they contact people and make decisions. Um, you know, when you have people like Drake Maverick getting cut, who just a couple of days ago were announced for a round robin tournament, you could see how quickly this all came together. So uh, Vince McMahon had a, a uh, what uh, uh, he spoke to the roster earlier this afternoon, I think at noon Eastern yes. time. And they put out a press release saying that uh, – and, and look, this is not just in-ring talent. They have released uh, producers or furloughed the producers as the latest information. Um, and and we cannot forget the nameless people who simply work for the company in just a regular nine-to-five capacity who are also uh, presumably being laid off slash furloughed slash fired, whatever the individual cases may be today as well. This isn't just the wrestlers or the names that we recognize. So uh, these are massive cuts across the board, and they're also – cutting money in other ways as well. You know, a planned move into a new office has been put on hold. Uh, as we touched on last week, the XFL has been uh, shut down and, uh, and, and has filed for bankruptcy since we last did a show. So there's a lot going on. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the worst part about it is if uh, you listen to people like Dave Meltzer and our own Brandon Thurston, who was on top of this, yeah, from at WrestleNomics, at WrestleNomics is the account you're going to want to follow this week because because nobody is better at this than, than than Brandon. Yeah, it it's this company has the money, and presumably has the money coming in. More on that in a minute, though. Yes, to where they could have paid these people and then some. I mean, they've got five hundred million dollars just laying around that they frequently brag about having laying around. Um. Uh, which puts them in, in, in a better position than a lot of other companies out there who are letting people go uh, during this crisis. And and presumably they still have this network money coming in. But as you astutely uh, observed earlier today and was confirmed through a tweet with Meltzer, uh, it, it, you know, it, Vince McMahon is terrified that USA and Fox are going to turn around and try to adjust those television deals, which are the lifeblood of the company. And if that happens, he doesn't want to get caught with his pants down. So uh, we think that may have something to do with this, whether they're getting pressure from USA or Fox or simply fear getting pressure from USA and Fox at some point, which we also talked about last week when he made uh, when Vince made the rash decision to, to scrap taping ahead and go live every week. Right. Again, you speculated. We speculated that, that was out of fear that USA and Fox we're going to put the screws to him. We don't know whether they've done so yet. I suspect they haven't because why wouldn't Vince heal them and publicly say, hey, look, these guys are trying to take away my money. They say they, they're they forcing us into the live content. Why wouldn't he approach it that way if that was the case? Why is he taking all the heat himself? He put the heat on the networks. Right, and right, would, right. Yeah, and, I, they I, look, I, and they would look real shitty if that was the case. And, 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 and it'd be a wise move 
by Vince from a business perspective because they'd probably back down at that point because people would say, what are you, nuts? Why are you forcing this company to bring these people in once a week? And But but since Vince hasn't done that, I have to think he's just worried about that happening. I do too. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's I, – I, maybe there's been a trickle of an information or a little bit of a rumor or a little birdie said, hey, Vince, you know, Fox is looking at this contract and going, eh, you know, we might not have the money to do – like, again, pure speculation. I have no idea if that if that's the case. Dave sort of alluded to it uh, last week, and, and I'd imagine all the stuff that we've seen, all the subsequent things we've seen from, from XFL, you know, shutting down operations to – declaring bankruptcy to Vince McMahon, you know, uh, you, you know, publicly, you know, having this meeting and then all these releases and all this sort of stuff that's coming. Really, like, one of the big things to look at, even more than the release, is the moving of the headquarters. I mean, that moving of the headquarters thing has been years in the making. They've been talking about that on these conference calls. And George Barrios saying, well, yeah, that money is shoehorned for, you know, our, you know, movement into a new, you know, corporate facility. Like, they have been wanting to do that for a long time. And now that's scrapped and done and, and off the table. So that's just nuts that all that stuff's going on. And again, Pure speculation on my standpoint. I have no idea. I have no sources. I'm not reporting anything. I have no idea. I do think, though, that whether, again, and and it doesn't matter if it's just the fear in Vince's mind or a little birdie told him that, it's still the the reaction that this is all happening. And and for people to think, oh, it's because WrestleMania didn't have any fans. And, oh, it's because, you know, their merch isn't going well. Or, oh, uh, live attendance isn't going well. None of that stuff was going well for the last four years. (laughs) Like, anybody that pays attention to the quarterly calls, anybody that pays attention to, uh, you know, Brandon Howard and and, and at WrestleNomics and David Bixenspan and Dave Meltzer and all this sort of stuff, or listens to the calls will let you know that, like, merch, Live event attendance, you know, all this sort of stuff. None, they didn't care about that because, my God, look at this TV money. My God, who can care about our merch? Because look at this big deals we signed. We just got a billion dollars from Fox and a $500 million or whatever the hell it was from USA. So it didn't matter what those other things did. The other metrics no longer mattered because it was just like, yeah, yeah, those are down. But, my God, look at this deal we just signed. Who cares? The TV money was going to guarantee profitability even if everything else completely fell off the table. Right, and it was. like I don't want to say completely falling off the table, but the other stuff wasn't doing well. How shows have been doing bad for years. Years, and Vince had to publicly address it. Remember the, well, I'm going to do something to change that. And he did absolutely nothing. And he had to go back the next month and go, well, uh, I'm going to change stuff. And nothing, you know, nothing happened because he knew how shows don't matter. The merch doesn't and nothing. in the, This company in the last year ceased to be a pro wrestling company and turned into a TV content provider company. That's what yes. they were. That's they became when Fox handed them a billion dollars and USA handed them whatever the hell it was, 500, whatever it was. They ceased to become a pro wrestling company and they became a content provider for those networks. And here's why people are so disgusted with the cuts we're seeing today, because they have $500 million in in cash in their coffers, number one. Cash on hand. Okay. $500 million cash on hand. There's no indication that they're not getting the money from the networks yet. Okay. Again, that's all just pure speculation. So as Brandon Thurston has pointed out, as Dave Meltzer has pointed out, they could still not only be profitable, but extremely profitable, even if they don't run another show this year. A a single show in front of fans. They can still be extremely profitable. But what they're doing today, as Brandon Thurston pointed out earlier earlier today, the reason they're doing this is so they can still hit their profit projections. And that has people disgusted. And rightfully so. These moves are being made so they can still come close to hitting their projected profits. And they have an investor call, what, in two or three days or something yeah, like that? Yeah, pretty soon, yeah. So, you could, and the stock is up. The stock's up to 38.9, by the way. It's, I think it was, uh, what was it, this morning? 
yeah, it was somewhere around 37 or 30, uh, yeah, low 37 earlier this morning, and now it's up to, to 38 and, and still rising. So, yay. Stock is, the stock is up as we speak because Wall Street knows with these moves, there's a chance that they could hit their profit projections. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that they're, you know, well, WrestleMania would be the next quarter, I think. But yeah, WrestleMania would not count idea. this quarter. This is all just so, Q1 stuff. So, so this is, so no, th- these moves. I mean, they don't have to lay off these people. They don't have to furlough any of these people. They don't have to fire any of these people, and they can still be insanely profitable. You can justify this stuff if their existence, if their mere survival relied upon making these cuts then you get that that's that you know that is justifiable that's not the case here they this not only is not a does not threaten their existence they could be extremely profitable while still keeping all of these people employed that is why people are annoyed at this these are not your uh you know this is not whatever analogy you want to make this is not the small business laying off their employees because the owners have $10,000 in the bank. Right. They're, they're, they're not going to – Vince isn't looking at the payroll and going, oh, no, we can't make payroll unless Rusev's gone. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not the case here. They're attempting to hit a profit projection. This is absurd, and this is why people are outraged. And, and uh, you know, it, it's and it, it's – we're in the middle of it. And as we speak, there's people getting the phone call. And – it's just a completely absurd day because they have a post up on their website, which they're updating as people answer the phone. That, that's literally what's happening here. Yeah, we, we, we got a DM from somebody who used to work in WWE. I think they worked in the, uh, the, the website division. They said these days are awful. He said, uh, essentially, you, you're sitting at your computer waiting to update the website and names just get shouted down the hallway. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's terrible. Sitting at your computer. Leo Rush. <laughs> All right. Tick, 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 tick. Like, yep. God damn, can you just even fathom that? It's horrible. Luke Gallows, all right. <laughs> like, you know, it, oh, my God. Now. And then you're, uh, and then your car, and then, oh, thanks for updating the website. You're out of here, too. <laughs> yeah. Shithead, get yeah. out of here. Stand up, and you're out, too. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's not, like, I, I, I mentioned at the top because I didn't want to forget. I mean, this is up and down the company. These are your nine yeah. to fivers, too. These are your, your cubicle jockeys who work in in payroll or work in, in, in whatever, whatever division finance or whatever, you know, it's these people too. I mean, you know, uh, Vince is in panic mode. It started last week with the XFL thing and it continues this week with these massive cuts. Um, there is some word that the producers, I think nine of them in total were cut. We're going to get to everybody. We're going to break down every single piece of talent that was cut and what we project out in the future for them. We're going to do that. We're going to do that in a minute. Right, right. As, but, and, and for the record, you did mention this, but I will do it again. This is 4.54 on, on Wednesday afternoon or whatever. So, yeah, if you're saying, well, okay, they didn't talk about, you know, Roman Reigns or whatever. Well, we don't know. We're doing as much as we can. We, we have everything refreshed. We're, we're doing as much as we can to talk about it on the air while we're live. But, yeah, there might be a guy who gets released after we talk about this. So, just, again. Reiterate what time we're doing this so we don't get DMs or, or you know replies that say, "Hey, you didn't talk about this guy and he got released." So that, that just just so that's out there. And this is live Wednesday afternoon, and we can only go off the information that we yeah. have as Wednesday afternoon in terms of, you know, there's word going around that the producers who are employees, unlike the wrestlers who are independent contractors, were furloughed as opposed to being released. With you know the possibility when things get back to normal that they can be brought back. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case for the office workers that, you know, the nameless people that, you know, uh, we'll never hear about. I don't know what the case is for them. We've also heard, uh, 
through a couple different, I mean, even publicly, this was talked about by an ex WWE writer who would obviously still have friends in the company that uh, WWE was offering if you uh, uh, mutually agreed upon releases for people who wanted to be released. And those came with a nice, a nice check, Rich. So they were basically paying people. Mm -hmm. They're paying people today who don't want to be there to go away. So, uh, you know, you know, so allegedly some of these people who have been complaining behind the scenes or trying to get their release got their out today. And not only did they get their out, they got a nice little going away present to go with them because the checks are said to be substantial. So it's not, you know, if there's a little bit of a silver lining for some of the people that lost their jobs, it's that some of them wanted to. And, you know, as most of our listeners know, there have been wrestlers who have tried to get released and they've been told no for whatever reason. Well, today was your day if you wanted to be released because they were looking for people to release. And some of these wrestlers who have been trying to get out of the company may have saved the jobs of other people who wanted to to keep their jobs by offering to take these checks right. and take the mutually agreed upon exit. So to me, that's a little bit of a silver lining when you're talking about and – we'll, and we'll go down the list. But people like Leo Rush who wanted out, uh, Diana Peraza tweeted out that she's been trying to get out. So they may have saved two other people's jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Bennett's another one. That guy – Publicly asked to be released. They refused. They put him back on TV, if you consider 205 Live TV. And now today he gets his release. That's probably a guy who was raising his hand. Right. EC3, I probably imagine, if was first in the line, too, to say, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's – but but as Brandon Thurston pointed out, and this is, this is very important, uh, very important. This was simply – I cannot stress this enough – to hit projected profits with now if that usa and fox money is 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 threatened to come off the table that kind of changes the game a bit yeah then then they're not then they're not as solvent you know then that cash on hand is is quickly going to be spent right and but what also makes this feel icky and we have to bring this up too before we move on is they just basically bribed the state of florida oh come on To continue just a mere coincidence, Joe. Just a mere, just sometimes a you know a brief. Ca- no, it it have to be. I'd imagine when you're when it's something this evil, it has to be the the sack with the dollar sign on it, right? It can't be a briefcase. It's got to be a sack with the dollar sign on it. Yes, with filled with coins. <laughs> right, exactly. Gold coins. Here you go. Filled with gold coins. So they just bribed the state. How much was the the this, uh, twenty million? Uh, I believe was what the super PAC donated. Um, so it's Linda McMahon's super PAC. Uh, you know, to get Donald Trump so reelected or not, is paying off the state of Florida so they can continue taping three shows a week so that so they can alleviate their fears that USA and Fox are going to take back some of that TV money. They're shitting their pants in Titan Town. They're shitting yep. their pants in Stanford, Connecticut today. And that's why all of this is going down. And all of it is very icky. Again, a lot of people are not fans of the McMahons to begin with. They're not fans of WWE. They would love to see them have a day of reckoning. But I think most reasonable people, reasonable people would understand what was happening here if the company was legitimately – if their existence was legitimately threatened. You understand that they – but that is not the case today. Right, yeah. If, if you get a press release and says Fox cuts you know, WWE TV deal or Fox takes you know, SmackDown, cancels SmackDown, story. absolutely a different story. Then it's like, okay, yeah, they had earmarked a billion dollars and that billion dollars is gone now. 
it makes sense that, you know, Mike Kyoto's then fired or whatever because, hey, we can't afford you anymore. We can't do anything. Like, yeah, but the idea that, like, all the fear and, and sort of the idea of, of a projection is, is what this is all happening as a result of. And that, the only thing that's hard risk, to really, yeah. The only thing at risk today was hitting their projected profits for the quarter. Right. That's Which, it. yeah, I mean, there's nothing that's that makes you more annoyed and more just hate the world than, than that sort of stuff going on. And that's why it's gross. And and that's why it feels gross to people. And the fact that Linda McMahon's Super PAC paid off the state of Florida just last week with $20 million of money that um, could Joe, been- I'm sure that was a mere coincidence that the Florida governor decided the day after receiving that $20 million that uh, WWE was an essential business. I, I, how, shame on you for hey. assuming that those two things are related. You know, I was <laughs> – I was going to drop the allegedly, but Rich took <laughs> right. care of it for me. You know, we don't need people coming after me. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, come liquid out. You know, I'm a thousandaire. I can't have them suing me. So, you know, it's all it's all gross. It all feels gross. And, you know, it's like you could have used that $20 million to cover these people's salaries that you just fired today for the next X yep. amount of months. It's So that's why it feels gross to people, you know, and I – you know, because there, there's some people out there going, oh, well, this is what they have to do. And this is what, you know, everybody's in the same boat. No, they're not. This is all public. Quite numbers. literally not. Like, quite literally, no other wrestling company has had to do this yet. Yeah. And none of them are in the, are in the, and they're in a stronger position than any of these other companies. This is all public, people. And if you don't want to do the work yourself, how many times I got to plug Brandon Thurston and WrestleNomics today? Go read his. Uh, you know, is it at Brandon Thurston or at Brandon Howard? It's at Brandon Thurston, I think. Uh, at WrestleNomics. Just go to at WrestleNomics. And at WrestleNomics. And, 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 you know, all the information is there. And it's all just, you know, he breaks this stuff down and analyzes it. He does a podcast once a week for us. He's been real busy lately. I mean, he's pumping out content, you know, more than anybody else on his network. You know, and it's all, it's all public, these numbers. I'm not making them up. They brag about the five hundred million they have stored away, and they'll do it in a few days. Yeah, they'll do it at the, the, the Q two call or the Q one call in a few days for sure. Yeah, I mean they could do the right thing and keep these people employed and whatnot. And and here's the other thing too. I mean, you know, this house cleaning was a long time coming to be honest because they do have way too many people employed, and I'm talking about on screen now, not the you know the people working in the office. That's a different deal, but. The circumstances that they're happening under is what the issue is here and how right, right, it right. all feels. If this were just – if this virus didn't exist and they were looking at their books and said, guys, why do we have 320 wrestlers under contract? And you know, we're, we're, you know, and, and then just this was a standard issue house cleaning. You'd feel bad for Heath Slater and you'd move on with your day. You wouldn't be trying to nail the company to the wall for being unethical. The issue here – are the icky circumstances surrounding it all right this so. week this week of all weeks happening you know it, 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 days after the entire roster has to co- come back on a monday you, you're you're no way jose's who are you know sitting in an empty subway on their way to raw you know wearing a face mask because they have to come for the live show and then they're they're released you know and, a few days after you that, give a 20 dollar 20 million dollar you know sack of gold coins to the uh right. you know for a super pack like yeah it, it, it's that's the because we've had these before these things we, we've lived through these before i mean ne- never to this extent this is one of the biggest ones but a few years ago we had you know we, we talked about it was the black thursday or whatever where a bunch of guys like 15 people got released or whatever and it was like yeah it sucks all these guys got released and and whatever but it wasn't – there wasn't the vitriol. It was like, okay, well, you know, hopefully they'll land on their feet, all that sort of stuff. It is the, absolutely the circumstances that, that are at play here. I mean, that, that, the that's – circumstances and the fact that you're releasing them into a world where they can't get another job. Right. You know, it, it's – it's 
you do this a year ago and Heath Slater can go find work somewhere else and he would find work. You do this now and none of these people are going to be able to go out there and find work. Are they going to, you know, did they all get sent away with a nice check? Yeah. But we don't know how long any of this is going to last. You know, so that, that's another reason why it why it feels so shitty. But, um, you know, we're going to go down the list as best we know it as we do this show live at uh, 5 p.m. Central on Wednesday. So, uh, Rich, you got the list in front of you? I you do. Wanna, I also have a tweet. I also have a pretty good tweet that, that uh, you'll enjoy, too. Kenta. Kenta G2S on uh, Twitter. Your boy yeah. uh, says it's time to show your real talents. Stay positive. Uh, you know, Kenta, you great, he's become a great tweeter since he, uh, he actually was able to wiggle out of the company. He was one of the few that they actually granted a release to. So, uh, you know, and, and again, this is a good day if you were one of those talents who's been wanting to get out. Because, you, you know, this was this was your finally your opportunity. They can't they, they just they're not in a they feel like they're not in a financial position to hoard people anymore. So. Uh, some people were able to raise their hands and escape. Right, and it's a, a quote-unquote good for the rest of the industry. I'm using air quotes all there because it's like, who the fuck knows what's coming in the next weeks, months, days, whatever. But the ta- there's now a lot more talent on there when things can go back to normal, if things go back to normal, if these companies, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan, local indies, you know, and regional indies. Like, it, it's, the hoarding is, is, at least for now, done, and that's good, but it's it just sucks that, these people, like you said, right now, uh, uh, you know, Drake Maverick, what does a Drake Maverick do tomorrow? Where, where is that money coming for tomorrow? You, you know, Heath Slater, what, what does he do tomorrow or in a week or in a month or whatever? And, that, and that's the part that really sucks. You, you, you know deep down that eventually, once things get going, a lot of these people will land on their feet in the land places. We'll talk about, you know, some potential spots for all of them. But it's just like, that's one of the silver linings and one of the good things. But it's the fact that what's going on in the world around us, it's hard to feel really good about the prospects of anybody right now. So Look, we're just going to work under the premise that eventually wrestling and everything else is going to come back. So when we're doing these, you know, analyzing these people, it's not, you know, it's pointless to go down this list and every time we talk about someone go, well, if wrestling. Look. Yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to go into the premise that in X, insert month here, everything's going to go back to normal and we'll be back to some sort of uh, lives uh, or some sort of normalcy. So, yeah, we'll do that. All right, uh, first name that we have on this list, Fightful.com, by the way, is the one that uh, is collecting these, I think, in, in, in as much real time as they can. I believe they'll be refreshing, so I will be refreshing with them as well. Uh, Kurt Hawkins, the first one uh, that we announced. Yeah, so Kurt Hawkins, I mean, you know, a lot of these really aren't a shock from, from strictly a, a wrestling perspective, right? Because this is a guy that wasn't used much. They got a little bit out. He, he was one of these guys who came back when they signed a bunch of prelim guys because they felt like they needed television jobbers for uh, Raw and SmackDown a few years ago that had a little bit of credibility as opposed to losing using local talent as jobbers. So they signed guys that were previously pushed like Kurt Hawkins and Jinder Mahal. And it really worked out for Jinder Mahal because he ended up getting a run as a main eventer. Um, Hawkins, they got a little bit out of him because they did the losing streak gimmick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I got a little bit out of him, but yeah, I mean, this is not, this one isn't surprising at all. Um, now he's got this thing going with Zack Ryder with the, uh, with, with, you know, the YouTube channel with the toys. Uh, so they're kind of building a brand there. So, um, you know, uh, he, he'll be busy. Um, his, his indie run wasn't great to say the least. (laughs) That's one way to put it. Yes. (laughs) Um, so I don't anticipate him 
being big on the indie scene, he'll probably get you like your NEWs and places like that. Yeah, the Northeast Indies will, will pop him up, and yeah, I think he probably does YouTube's, collects some figures, and 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 does you know, pops up on some indies here and there and and, and whatnot. You know, so. professional worker yeah. kind of guy where if he has friends in one of the mid level companies, you know, wouldn't be stunned to see him pop up. But at this point, he might be content to stay home. Uh, you know, and 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 take his local indie shots, and uh, and and continue to build this this uh, this YouTube page. I, you know, I don't know. He could be a school guy too. I could see him possibly doing like a wrestling school or something. Or, I know, forgot about that. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does have a wrestling school. I completely. Oh yeah, duh, duh. no, he does. So, yeah, I forgot because <laughs> he, he him and Buck had it right. Create a pro. Yeah. yeah. So he's good. And now that. Now they both have it again. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's right back. That's uh, another yeah. guy we're gonna talk about who has that ability too. Uh, big name here that that came up and one that really kind of circle highlight whatever. Carl Anderson. Yeah. So let's just throw Gallows in there with him, right? Yeah. So yeah, it was so annoying this morning when because Anderson was one of the first wave of names. Yeah. Everyone's like, "What about Gallows?" And it's like, just wait for him to get his call, guys. Like it's it's like, yeah, is this is this your <laughs> Give first the guy goal? three minutes? Like he's gonna answer his phone soon, and then they'll announce yeah. it. They they left a voicemail. He's fucking. He's walking the dog, or he's playing with his kid. He'll get the voicemail in five minutes, and he will be like, "Oh, calm down." <laughs> Did people really think? They were going to cut one and not the other and cut the better, more useful one. I mean, it's just – and is this your first go-round with WWE cuts? They announce these things that literally as people pick up the phone. So, look, these guys can call their shot. I mean, they already did a podcast with Rocky Romero. What was the name of their podcast they did before they got – because they already recorded oh, one. The, uh, uh, oh, the uh, Talking Shop or whatever, right? Wasn't it Talking already, Shop? Yeah, yeah they yeah. got one coming out like later tonight <laughs> or tomorrow. To <laughs> so, and, and, and obviously Rocky is the – you know uh, English one of the English-speaking liaisons to New Japan. I mean those guys can moonwalk right into New Japan if they want. Uh, I would assume that AEW would, would – that's going to be the first two guys they call for sure. off of the list we've seen so far because they'd fit in like a glove. If they came out on a dynamite in front of a dynamite in front of fans, they'd get a thunderous reaction from that from that fan base. And there's a million different things and storylines you could do with those guys. Gallows and Anderson are two guys that you do not have to worry about. They can sit back, call their shot, take the best offer, and I'm sure they got an enormous check to go away. Considering that they're they are two of the guys who recently signed those multi million dollar deals a couple yeah July July 2019 they signed those new deals and they're already gone the 1.5 million dollars each for three years or something like that Mm -hmm. somewhere in that neighborhoods like 500 so I mean those are two guys you really don't have to worry about they they're gonna be fine. All right, next um, on the list, Leo Rush. So Leo's an interesting one. We we mentioned him a little bit earlier, a guy that potentially was more than willing to uh, uh, to go. And and I know a lot of the rumblings are that he might not want to even go anywhere else, that this might be the end of the road for, for Leo. He wanted out. So this is a guy who wanted out, and uh, he has been telling people that he wants to get into music, and he may not even want to wrestle moving forward. Now, he did put out a statement on Twitter saying that it's not the last we've seen of him, but – also within that statement was a lot of cryptic stuff. Like I achieved my dream. I did what I wanted to do in wrestling. I became a household name, which was kind of pushing it, but you know, if he thinks he's a household name, I guess who am I to tell him he's not text, text your mom and um, see if she knows who Leo Rush is. By the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to waste my time with that. One. No offense to the guy. No, no, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> but, uh, I don't, I don't I mean, think uh, he's quite on the Ron Jeremy level. So the point here is he seemed to indicate that he was kind of happy with what he's done. 
in his career. I think getting to WWE and, and winning the Cruiserweight title and being on Raw with Bobby Lashley and all of that, he seems pretty content. And uh, he's a guy who has wanted out, but WWE were reluctant to release him for his own good because they were afraid that he was just a young guy making a rash decision. So they were holding on to him. They weren't letting him go. But now with these circumstances today, he was one of the first ones because, again, he's one of these guys who raised his hand. So, again, if you're looking for silver linings, don't feel bad for Leo Rush. He didn't want to be there. Uh, a guy that I, I, I feel fucking terrible for because of the video, but a guy that I do think, similar to Anderson and Gallows, who I, I think will – he'll be okay when it comes down to it. I just know right now it's probably just hurting him like crazy, and hopefully uh, he is able to kind of recover. Uh, Drake Maverick. Um, one silver lining, Joe, the Rockstar Spud Impact Beer Bash is back on. It can still happen. He's it's true. Got, he's got to resign with Impact, and Impact has to go out of business. But the, the Rockstar Spud Beer Bash that we predicted in 2015 or whatever, it could still happen. But this is a deep this is a deep cut. This is for the old schools. Yeah, this is the old school ones. Have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> but um, I don't think we need to even explain it. The old school, the old cats know it, and we're not. I'm not going to do this for you. We're not going to hit no, you over there. Right. No. If you were there, you know it. If you don't, well, ask around. Maybe oh, you'll figure it out. Yeah. That's right. You play catch up. Um, did you see the video he put out on Twitter? Yeah. Oh my god. Gut wrenching. Awful gut-wrenching i mean he clearly now this is someone who did want to work for the company and remain with the company very clearly and um he was finally getting a chance to wrestle they just put him in this cruiserweight round robin tournament and apparently he's still taking part in it according to his video now i don't know if that means they they could have recorded the whole thing already yeah on tape um because i think it'd be really awkward to fire the guy and then bring him in for the (laughs) next three weeks to work these tapings. So chances are it's already in the can. So that's a little, that's a, that's newsworthy in and itself. Um, and he indicated that not only he, he was saying in the video that those might be the last three matches of his career. Yeah. So he's just in a bad place right now. There could be visa issues with him too. That could work in with that where maybe the only reason he's even allowed to be here is because WWE was sponsoring his work visa. So who knows? But, um, you know, it's uh, man. You know, I thought we were going to come on this show this week and talk about you know WWE best of the Super Juniors and their little you know cruiserweight round robin they got going. But I'm that's looking not forward even, to that thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it. But uh, yeah, it seems it's not even on the run sheet anymore. No. I mean, you know, it's like, but yeah, he's he's in it, and apparently he's participating. You know, his matches are either taped or whatever. But he's he's. You're gonna see those three matches, yeah. in his block, which so. is really strange because I know a lot of people were, were pegging him as a potential guy of maybe winning it because you know how maybe they storyline this thing and he wins yeah. it or he makes a big run and I mean hell he might still <laughs> we don't know what the hell I mean, well, you nothing know, is you off the tables it'd be so weird if it's like yeah Drake Maverick has won the tournament and... I think he spoiled it though because he said my final three matches which would indicate he doesn't move on that's right? true right 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 if they're taped but uh, this is a supremely talented human being. I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's like a world champion material or top guy, but if you can't find a use for him on a wrestling roster, I mean, this is a guy where if I'm AEW and things get back to normal, I'm, I'm on the phone. I, you know, it's because he's, he's, he'd be effective in so many different roles and has been in his career. Same for Leo Rush. Assuming Leo Rush wants to keep wrestling, he's a guy I at least have a conversation with. Um, you know, if his head is going to be in it and he wants to take wrestling seriously, Leo Rush is incredibly talented. The problem is 
is he truly committed to it? That's the issue. With with uh, Drake Maverick slash Spud, he's committed. Uh, I don't know if his body can can uh, can handle the ring. Maybe this, you know, uh, he he alluded that these would be his last three matches. I don't know what any of that means. We know he's had health issues, but even if he doesn't wrestle, he's a super talented guy that that any promotion can find a use. For. Yeah, if his heart's in it and he wants to stay in the wrestling business and he wants to do whatever, any any company, literally any company that you mentioned could, could, could use him in some capacity. Yeah. Whether it's backstage, manager, uh, you know, on-ear talent, whatever the hell you want to do, there's something for a rock star spud slash Drake Maverick. He, he, will... he was, Listen, he was a great babyface commissioner for 205 Yeah, Live. he was great. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, it was awesome. Which is like a dead-end role, too. Like, the babyface authority figure is like it's hard to really be good, be good at that. Cause you're not, you're just making sensible decisions. You're not, you know, and, and that's a hard role to be great in. You know, we saw Nick Bockwinkle in the nitro days and it's like, that could have been anyone, you know, we saw, or was it JJ Dillon? Both of them, right? Both were, yeah. Very, yeah. Bockwinkle and, and Dillon were both at various points. And see, they're interchangeable. It's like, it didn't even matter. <laughs> well, I know, know the difference. How dare you? <laughs> uh, Teddy long in the SmackDown days, just yeah. putting together tag team matches and, and making you face the undertaker. You know, it's like, it's a hard role to be great at, but he was great at it. All right. Uh, next one here. EC three. I mean, Jesus has been off television since September. Um, I guess there was rumblings of concussion issues with him uh, signed back in 2018, the terrible run in WWE. Um, I'd imagine he probably has an opportunity to go back to, to impact if he wanted. I don't, I don't know what the, the situation is there, but um, he's a guy that I, depending on where his heart is, I could see popping up somewhere again. I, I think there's a lot left in, in, in an EC3. I don't even know if that regime is the regime that he worked for. Though. Right. Yeah. So, it might be even. I mean, yeah. your Jeremy Borashes and whatnot are with the other company now. So I don't know. For now. <laughs> look, with EC3, I feel like he's a little older than people think he is. And I also feel like his body is just completely shot. Uh, he looks the part, he can talk the part. I just don't think he can go. Yeah. You well, and, and, and another thing about him, too, is I think people don't don't remember how much of a quote-unquote WWE lifer he is. I mean, this is a guy who had a long run in FCW before he even popped up in Impact or did anything else. Like, he kind of revitalized his career post-WWE, but I think this is kind of always where he wanted to be. So, I a lot of this stuff, and I guess we, we should preface this right now, I think a lot of people do kind of the, in their head fantasy booking about a lot of these guys and say, oh, well, you know, that guy will do this, or that guy can do this. A lot of times after these releases, and we, we all fall into this trap, we fall into it every single time, is a lot of these guys... Their passion is dead. They got yeah. to the highest high. They got fired. And they're like, you know what? Like like Leo Rush saying, you know what? I did everything I wanted to do. I got to the highest point. What, what you know? No, nah, I don't really want to take indie bookings for $100. No, nah, I don't really feel like, you know, getting in a car with two of my buddies and driving someplace. Some of these guys might just say, well, fuck it. You know what? Let me go, you know, work for my dad's company. <laughs> or, you know, let me go, you know, back and get my degrees. You know, and we, we always, we never suspect that with any of these people. We always assume that X is going to go and wrestle here and he's going to do that. A lot of these guys just say, fuck it. Or maybe they do a few bookings and then they get bored and they say, you know what? The passion's gone. The, the fight's gone. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. So we always have to remember that with these guys, too. And I mean, if you're released, it means it probably didn't go well. So you're a little deflated from that perspective too. You know, it's like you worked your whole life to get to this company and then you dreamed of main eventing WrestleMania. And then if you're EC3, you couldn't even like get past main event, you know? And that was after having a long run there in developmental. And see, to me, he's a guy who I think we've seen him peak. I think that impact run is going to be the peak of his career. 
And I wouldn't even be stunned if he just fades away. Yeah. I, I th- th- That wouldn't stun me at all. And honestly, I just don't think his body can handle it anymore. He was never a great worker to begin with. He was a passable worker at his best. That was before the injuries, before the age. He carries a ton of muscle, which as you get older and you're already banged up is, 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 is hard, uh, you know, take bumps on and everything. I don't know. I, 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 I don't like his future prospects. I'm, I'm not, I'm not bullish on EC3. Yeah. Uh, next one up, uh, Eric Young is an interesting one as well. Um, for a guy that I think is a lot older than maybe people think as well. Uh, where, where do you see Eric Young uh, possibly going? He's another guy who's probably older than you think he is. He's 40, um, He's forty, by the way, for those that don't know. so um, Actually, he's a little younger than I thought then. I was going to say he's like mid-40s, but I guess he's not quite that old. Uh, but um, he's a talented guy. I mean, again, not a guy who in ideal circumstances would ever sniff your main events. In impact at times he had to. And I think he did well. Remember, he, he was a world champion in TNA. And was he the... Right guy for that role? Probably not. But did he do well in the role for what they asked him to do? Yeah. I mean, that was really the peak of his career, not just from a perspective of the push, but but I thought he was a good performer during that period too. Um, This is another guy where it's going to depend on where his friends in the business are working right now. Right. Does he have a big ally in AEW who can get him in the door and maybe he can work dark? Um. Does he have an ally? Does he still have allies and impact? Who would bring him in? Scott Demore seems like the obvious. You know, I, I don't. Is, if his relationship is good with Scott Demore, I could easily see them bringing him back to Impact. Oh right. Oh yeah. Geez. Yeah. Those guys have had a lot of years together. So unless they, yeah, unless they secretly hate each other, <laughs> you know, something happened during Team Canada days. Uh, he does seem like a guy. If, if I was gonna any betting line, I'd say Eric Young probably goes to Impact. Goes back to Impact he's and the, does something. He's the sure. proverbial good, solid veteran hand. Yeah. You don't want to push him at this point. No, nah, but there's a lot you could do with him just as a dude. Yeah, just on the working roster. with younger yeah. wrestlers or putting them on your B shows or I you know, I could see him being employed again if he wants to keep doing it. He's in good shape. Um, you know, it, it's WWE did nothing with him after they called him up. I mean, he was part of Sanity and NXT and as actually he was on TV a lot. You know, and and was on takeovers and then they they called up Sanity, they broke them all up and um he literally did nothing. I mean, you know, a couple matches here or there on main event, one or two squash matches on on Raw. Um, next one here, Heath Slater. This one's gutted, man. He's been there since two thousand and six. Heath Slater's been there. He's a lifer. I don't. I think Heath Slater takes like two bookings, and then he's just kind of done, right? Heath Slater. Now, see. He's got to be – that passion's got to be lost now, right? I don't know. He seems like a pretty upbeat guy. I mean, I don't know him. Um, and, you know, that I don't know what he's like in his real life or whatever. But, you know, whatever – he's a guy I think – I could see him doing pretty well somewhere else. But, again, it, it depends. Does he want to – like you're saying, does he want to keep going? I don't know the answer to that. Um, do the key decision makers in other places – see enough in him does after being on the wwe main roster for what a decade it's got to be close to a decade 2006 right? yeah 2006 he was, he was signed i want to say he came up with the nexus thing right i don't know if he ever yeah. he may bounce back and left years. yeah about 10 years yeah i forget if he bounced back and forth or whatnot but yeah it's been a while so this is a guy living main roster wwe lifestyle for 10 years um 
So could I see him taking 150 bucks a match from MLW? Probably not. Could I see him work in Impact with their kind of weird schedule? I, probably not. If AEW called him, do I think he would go? Yeah, I think he would. The question is, is there anybody there who sees any value in him? I think Heath Slater is a tremendous enhancement wrestler. I mean, he bumps like crazy. Uh, you know, he's he uh, he's very good. Uh you know, from a from a technical standpoint, um, he always gets a good crowd reaction. I mean, that's a guy that I wouldn't hesitate at all to put on AEW Dark every week to do jobs, uh, and 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 I'd I'd put him on Dynamite to put people over. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate at all. But I don't know what they think of he. I don't know. Does he ever? Does Does Cody Rhodes or somebody else have a relationship with him? Because if they do, I could easily see him ending up in AEW. Right, but. Um, because he de- he's definitely talented enough, and his role is a valuable one as a as a as a guy to go on TV and take big bumps and put people over. He's not a guy at this point. There's way too much damage to him to ever push him. I don't think fans are ever going to buy. Oh him. no, no, it it would be it'd be laughable. It, it'd be you know some, people would be making impact jokes if anybody you know if, if AEW pushed him to any degree whatsoever. So yeah, I mean, with that said. The thing about AEW is they have really earned my trust in terms of how they use people. You know, when it comes to Lance Archer or Brody Lee, who has just shocked the shit out of me, how great he's been in all facets. Um, knowing how to use people, even someone like Billy Gunn. I was just tweeting about that the last couple of days, how they're using him exactly how he should be used. He almost never gets on Dynamite, but he's a, a veteran who still looks like a major league talent who he goes on dark and puts people over. He put over Sean Spears this week. And what's the harm in having a Billy Gunn on your roster to wrestle once a month, you know, and either put over a veteran or work with a young guy or show his son the role. You get that little tag team deal going on with his son. Yeah, yeah, it's cool stuff. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Is You know, they, they don't... The, he's not the, the world champion. He's not, def- you know, he's not winning. He's not beating Cody yeah. and facing, you know, uh, Boxley at the next pay-per-view. It's, it's fine. The problem is Impact would bring people in and just push them because they were in WWE at some point. And AEW doesn't do that. They, they, they've really earned my trust in terms of how they use people. Heath Slater is a very useful wrestler to have around. So I would trust that AEW would bring him in and use him in the right way. And who the hell knows? Maybe that guy does have it in him to be a legitimate star like Brody Lee is proving to be if they if he's just you know given the tools and 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 allowed to uh do the things that he's you know you never you really never know it's till you get these guys in the door and you figure it out but he's definitely a guy who I think is employable um next one here Kurt Angle I mean he's the whole this, this next next run was just uh it's kind of an aber- I mean He's gonna go do signings and all that sort of stuff. He's fine. Kurt Angle will 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 be fine in his life, but I think his wrestling days are. He's a producer over. anyway, right? Right, I mean, exactly. We, yeah, he, he wasn't full time. Are we done and, with the wrestlers here? Uh, no, no, no. There's there's many. I'm going in okay. order that they have here, so I'm just okay. jumping back and forth. But yeah, Kurt Angle was was listed amongst the wrestlers on here, but we know that yeah, he was kind of done as yeah. a wrestler. So, um, Aiden English, so local guy in my area. Aiden English uh, did a lot of local indies before. Um, signed in 2012. I forgot how long he had signed there. Uh, he'd obviously started kind of pivoting towards the announcer role. Um, so that might limit where he's at. I don't know what any English has in terms of like injuries or build up or whatever, why he became an announcer. Maybe that was his only path to getting on TV or whatever, but, uh, he's hard to say because I don't know if I have a good read on, 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 you know, his health and, and, and where he's at. 
Uh, yeah, the health thing, and he could easily be one of these guys who I can see just doing something else with his life. Um, especially, especially so if he's not healthy, because I don't think he's he did an okay job as a television announcer, but he didn't do the kind of job where I'm like, wow, you got to get that guy in a booth right now. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't a standout; he was average. And um, as a wrestler, you know, same thing. Like he didn't blow me away. Uh, you know, the tag team with the vaude villains. You know, it, it was a it was, they got over in NXT, and it was a nice little act. But you know, it's He's just a guy to me, and um, you know, with his injuries and and the fact that uh, he's been out of the ring for a while now, maybe he's not looking forward to getting back in there and taking bumps, even if he's healthy enough to do so. He's a guy I could easily see fading away. Absolutely, uh, Mike Chioda, nineteen eighty nine. This bad boy came into the the company. He'd been refereeing since nineteen eighty nine, longest tenured referee in WWE history, longer than your Hebner's, longer than anybody else. Uh, Mike Kyoto released, and obviously that's going to probably be it for old Mike Kyoto. I doubt he's popping up anywhere. He was as WWE a lifer as, as you'll ever get. Um, what, 33 years in the company, or 30, uh, 31 years uh, in the company. Just insane. Is it possible he said, I'll take the check? Probably. I think he's probably like, you know what? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I've had a lot of years. I like to go hang out with my you know wife or whatever. I, I, I don't know anything about his personal life, but... Uh, I'd imagine, yeah, I'd imagine he's probably ready to to, to yeah, hang Yeah, I up. mean, that, that's a lot. That life totally on the road, base. especially for the referees, man. I mean, they yeah. they do all the travel you do, as all the wrestlers do, and except they have to fucking put the ring together before everybody. Yeah. I think take the ring down. Like that's awful, man. Like they 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 the life of a WWE referee is ridiculous. So I cannot. I I can imagine after thirty one years. Uh, he said, you know what? Yeah, cut me a check. I'm good. Bye. Like, this is retirement. It's essentially retirement. So I, I, it's hard to get, like, too upset about my Kyoto. Like, I hope he's okay. I hope he doesn't, you know, he doesn't mind or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, 31 years, hopefully a good check afterwards. That's You can't, you know, ask for too much. That's a pretty good life that he's led. He could have been blindsided for all I know. I have no clue. Or he could have been like, yeah, I'll, you know, because he's the only referee to this point who they've let go. Right. Um, so I, I, I really don't know. Uh, Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan. Yeah, I mean, done. it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, we. <laughs> she's not good, she's, Joe. <laughs> she's, I, you know, she's I don't not know a great I'm, wrestler. She'll be great in Shimmer. Say, I mean, She'll be very good in Shimmer when she goes back. But yeah, she's not great. I mean, was she ever going to be a star? The answer no, is no. no. I mean, let's be realistic. So, you know, if you're if you're going through and you're cutting people for whatever reason, putting the reasons aside that they're doing this i mean she had to be high on the list right of 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 people who even under normal circumstances would have been someone in danger of this so this one doesn't stun me at all she's got some indie roots uh she's got a husband who's at least as of this as of this moment still employed with wwe and is is in wrestling so you know if he's never home and he's on the road i'm sure she's gonna keep taking bookings um, is this someone who I see AEW or Impact or whoever knocking the doors down to to get in a bidding war over? I don't. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just I, I don't I don't see much. I don't see a ton in her at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same with you. Uh, Rowan Rowan has been released. He's he'd been there since 2011 um, yeah. as well. And yeah, his, the spider has been uh, killed. Uh, so we really had nothing going on right now as well. But, uh, yeah, Rowan is, is released, and he's an interesting one. Uh, a lot of people making the AEW connection right away uh, with Luke Harper there. 
Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I think Luke Harper and, and Rowan have a pretty decent relationship, but I'm not sure it's enough of a relationship that like he's a guarantee to go to AEW. So I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, what does happen with Rowan. I think there's a lot of different ways it can go, and he's got like Noah connections as well, like weird old past Noah connections. So who the hell knows what sex for Rowan? He might be a guy that surprises us and pops some up, uh, you know, pops up somewhere where we might not really expect. Well, I think his Noah run was like 19 different regimes ago. <laughs> right, so I, yeah. I would really highly doubt that he's got no Sawa's uh, phone number on his, you know, his, his, his contacts list. But, yeah, who knows? But if you listen to Jericho interview Brody Lee a couple weeks ago, they both seem to have a relationship with him, which is interesting. Yeah. And I don't know how deep that runs. I don't know if he's coming over for Sunday dinner. But, I mean, you know, Brody Lee did travel with the guy for years and years and, and team with him. In two different incarnations, you know, both with the Wyatt family and then later on as uh, the Bludgeon Brothers. So, um, you know, those guys have some kind of relationship and they seem to be on friendly terms based on that podcast. I would not be stunned if he pops up in AEW. I mean, because if you've got Jericho is highly influential in the company and you've got a pushed act who uh, who if he want if Brody Lee wanted him in. And they came up with a good creative idea, either as part of the Dark Order or or, or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know. And I think while he's not a guy that, that that I particularly like, I I do have to admit that he's much improved over, over the last few years. Sure. Uh, some of his work towards the end of his run, you know, when he was teaming with Daniel Bryan, they were having some some really good TV, t- uh, you know, tag team matches, you know, and, and he was holding up his end of it. It wasn't just Brian carrying that, that stuff because he was a guy who was a pretty terrible wrestler in Noah and he wasn't very good his first few years in WWE and he really did get a lot better. So it's not like he's, I think his reputation is worse than the reality when it comes to his work, even though I don't think he's any kind of super worker. But um, look, he's not a guy that I would be, in a hurry to sign, but would I be stunned if he ended up in AEW? Not at all. I, it actually wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, he's a guy that, that I think it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, where 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 you know, I, I he'll end up somewhere. I think, and I think he's a guy that that it seemed like in an interview with with Brody Lee, like a guy who who kind of has an idea of, of what's going on, understands the world of wrestling around him, and 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 I hope is a guy that's still kind of hungry to, to to go somewhere. So yeah, I, I see him popping up somewhere. I, I, AEW probably the most likely, but we'll see what ends up uh, happening mean, there. The guy's like six six, and he looks like a fucking. He looks like a pro wrestler. Yeah, gonna, someone will find something to do with this guy. He, and, he's yeah. not hard to kind of fantasy book in your head of, of what he could do, and in, in, in any number of different companies. No, if he wants a job in wrestling, he's gonna have one. Um, I can't believe they actually remembered that these guys were on the roster. Primo and Epico are no longer. Joe, I, they survived so many things. They had wellness violations. They, I, I, 2010 for Epico, 2007 for Primo. I can't believe that they're finally gone. It's, it's, it's amazing. After everything, they're finally gone. I mean. The colognes are done. When's the last time either one of them wrestled? I think Primo did February 2019. He was on a dark match. Uh, we did this on that, not that long ago. Uh, yeah, I think February 2019 was the last time they appeared on in, in a dark match, and then otherwise they've been doing like Puerto Rico shots and stuff. So one of them got a wellness suspension, <laughs> right? While being, <laughs> yeah, Primo, uh, Primo got a wellness suspension December 2019, despite having not worked since February 2019. So, so his last match with the company was in in February of 2019. Yes, yes. and Epico's was February of this year. Uh, February? T- no, they're both. It was both the same for both of them. Neither one of them have worked 
have been in a WWE <laughs> ring since February 2019. Yes, correct. That's incredible. I mean, <laughs> good for the that, most... man. I hope those checks were cashing, man. That's that's hey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see now pulling up their cage match. They did. They they worked Puerto Rico a little bit this year, and I assume that's where they're going to end up for now. But those guys are good. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I'd like to see them pop up in like MLW or something like that. It'd be pretty cool for them. Like, yeah. Oh, you, couldn't you see them popping up in MLW? Absolutely. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, they they like to uh, they market to Latinos to Latino yeah, fans. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it it's a perfect fit from that perspective. Um, and and just they're the kind of guys that would end up in MLW. They're the kind of guys that you could see them given a call. But they're talented. I mean, I wouldn't begrudge anyone for giving them a shot. You know, assuming these guys want to do it. So um, it's just crazy how long they were around and just like that's just a, this. They are like exhibit A of just hoarding talent. Now, why were they even on the roster to begin with? They had no interest in using either one of them. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Mike Kanellis, as you mentioned, we'll, we'll add Mike and Maria together here. So Mike Kanellis um, signed a new five-year deal, obviously 2019, a guy that was always ready to go. And, and uh, a guy that like some might think, oh, this guy is, you know, he's going to be so depressed. He's done. He's a guy who last year said like, I just want to fucking wrestle. Like I just want to wrestle again. So I am very curious to see what happens next for Mike Kanellis. Cause um, he, uh, he, he, there's a lot of places he could go. And I think he's a guy that's, hopefully re-motivated by this and maybe re-energized by this. He's uh, obviously talked about how he's kind of cleaned up his, his life and whatnot. So um, I'm very curious what ends up happening with Mike Canellis. I mean, ring of honor, obviously uh, is a spot, right? I, I think he'd probably be welcome back if he wanted to, he can go a lot of different places here. And I'm very curious what happens with, uh, with, with both Mike and Maria, but Maria, obviously starting a family and doing that sort of stuff. It might be tough for her to uh, uh, do anything long-term, but you know, she'll go wherever he goes, I think at this point. And, and, and that's probably a fine relationship is when she's available can be the manager, but uh, yeah, where do, where do you see Mike Canellis popping up uh, eventually? I mean, I would, I would think he could moonwalk into ring of honor if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, you know, with some of his buddies still there, the same people are running the place. From when he left, you know, it's still Joe Coff, it's still delirious, you know. Um, so unless he made a major enemy out of Marty Skrull at some point, I don't see any reason why he couldn't just moonwalk back in. Um, look, he's a guy who, even after he signed that huge money deal after they teased that they were leaving, still decided he wanted out because wrestling was more important to him than just collecting a check for doing nothing. Right. And what was it like two months after he signed that big deal? He was back tweeting. Like, I just want to wrestle guys. Like the money's yeah. good. But I just really want to wrestle. Like he said, he doesn't care about the money. He wanted to work for it. And if he, if they weren't going to put him in the ring, he wanted to leave so he can go wrestle somewhere else. Even if it was for less money, which good for him. If yeah. That's, that's awesome. Man. I would have he never expected, you know, Mike, the miracle Bennett guy <laughs> to be the guy that does that. But credit to him, man. That was eye opening when I saw those tweets. Yeah, so he's bored at home, and he just wanted to work. He likes to wrestle. and uh, I think it's actually Miracle the Mike Bennett guy. That's what I think Pope called him. Miracle right. the Mike Bennett guy. <laughs> yeah, so right. I'm sure that he was one of these guys who raised his hand because then, you know, for a while they, they, they told him no, and they left him home. Then they brought him back, but, you know, he would work 205 Live like once every three weeks, you know. Then they'd put him in a program, and he would work like every week for a couple weeks. Then he'd disappear again, and he'd pop up once every couple weeks. So he probably still isn't happy with his workload. He's a guy that just wanted to wrestle a lot. He wanted to be on the road. He even offered to work house shows even if he wasn't on TV. He just wanted to wrestle. And um, so he's a guy who I can easily see was one of the ones who raised their hand and and wanted to go. And he's going to end up somewhere because 
he's still, you know, young enough and he's in his prime. And um, I don't think he's a great wrestler or anything like that, but, um, you know, and, but I'm, I'm sure someone will find it. And, and like I said, I think Ring of Honor is the obvious landing spot. We may as well tie Maria into this. Yeah, yeah. I, they either decided um, that she was just, you know, someone they didn't have much of a use for anymore. Or since her husband was leaving, maybe she decided, ah, fuck it, I'll go. To, you know, why why separate? Right, right, right. You know, she just had a baby, I think, February of this year, I want to say. Yeah. Um, hadn't been on TV obviously for a while as as, as she was pregnant and whatnot. So yeah, it, it that's got to go hand in hand. They're not going to keep one and, and and let the other go. So I'm sure she probably was one of the ones saying, "Hey, like if Mike's gone, I'm gone too. It's fine." You know, high probability that they both asked for it, but um, you know, we're, they'll stick together. Yeah. And I think it's obvious that an obvious landing spot is Ring of Honor. Uh, interesting one here is Zach Ryder. 2005, he has been there for for so long as you mentioned. Uh, has the the YouTube show and the, and, the, and everything with uh, Kurt Hawkins, uh, but he was a guy who I mean, what a career that Zack Ryder had. And I think you know some of these tweets have been popped up you know throughout the day as as people have kind of reacted to the news. And and he's a guy that maybe now that he's gone and now that we can reflect on it, give this dude the credit he deserves. I mean, back in 2010, 2011. They challenged people to get over, and that dude made a YouTube channel. He he made video. He was so ahead of the game. He was being the elite before being the elite was being the elite. He got there. He got popular. I had friends that were casual wrestling fans that knew about Zack Ryder, that were interested about Zack Ryder. You went to arenas, and people were chanting, woo, woo, woo. I mean, this guy got himself over, became a guy, and they fucking hated the fact that he did that and fucked him over as many times as possible. Killed him, like literally, quite literally killed him. Remember Kane threw him off the <laughs> the stage while he was in a wheelchair or whatever? Like quite literally killed him and just sent him away. And he he ate shit for another 10 years in the company and stuck with it. And now he's gone. And and, and I hope that people do give this guy the credit because he stuck his neck out and he made himself a, 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 a not a, I don't want to say a star. That might be too much, but he made himself a name. You know, when a lot of people hadn't even thought of using YouTube or doing that sort of stuff to do it. So all the credit in the world to him. Uh, it's just unfortunate the way it, it ended. And now it's unfortunate that, you know, 10 years later, he's still just kind of a dude on the roster. And at this point, it was just kind of a dude, you know, just floating around there. But uh, Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champion, former tag team champion. He'd done a, he, he's done a lot. Um, but what what do you think is next for, uh, for Zack Ryder? He seemed like a guy that was happy to be there and didn't really care they didn't have a big role. It's kind of like, yeah, during that period where he got himself over – it felt like he was really into the idea of moving up the roster. But once they snuffed that out, it seemed like it sucked all of his passion from a, from a climbing the ladder perspective right out of him. Cause you never heard a peep out of him. You know, he'd come to work every week and hardly ever get used. And uh, he seemed to have a, a good attitude about everything. And he seems like the kind of guy who was just going to stick around that company as long as they would have him, you know, uh, like Kurt Hawkins, you know, as kids, they were friends and their dream was to be WWE wrestlers. And, and they were, and they seemed to just accept their lot in life. Like, okay, we know we're never getting pushed, but it's kind of cool that we're here, you know? Um, so I don't know if he's the kind of guy who's gonna, I can't picture him doing like the trendy indies. I can't see him bouncing around from yeah, I don't think I'm going to see him coming out. I don't think I don't see him coming out in the Logan Square Auditorium anytime soon, for sure. No, <laughs> it's like NEW, uh, PW, whatever Pat Bucks thing or whatever they're going to do Northeast. Yeah, he'll be Northeast based, and that's about it, I think. Yeah, I mean, he probably has a ton of money because he's been there forever. Um, and spend it on figures. <laughs> you know, if you see, uh, you know the 
the Instagram videos and stuff from from him and, and Chelsea Green, like they look like they live in a decent place. You know, they, they do, he did all right money wise. So I don't know if he's going to be the kind of guy to hop in a car and drive six hours for one hundred and fifty bucks. Like right, people saying. have to I, people have to understand that too. And I guess we're, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit earlier with where you know some of these guys just don't do anything or they just you know fade away or whatever. A lot of these guys too have, have been used to getting flown hotels backstage. Like a lot of these guys don't want to hop in a fucking car with three of their buddies for a hundred bucks at an indie. Like that's just the re- the realization. Like, imagine you in that position. Like, even if you wa- even if it's even if you you know can afford it, and even if you have the money to do it, some guys just don't want to get out of bed for one hundred and fifty dollars. And I can't begrudge those guys, you know. No, I could totally see him being I a mean, guy. We all work jobs, and if I got fired tomorrow and somebody offered me fucking a qu- you know three fourths of what I was making at my current job, I'd probably say, nah, dude, I'll just do this fucking Patreon thing. That's fine. I'll just adjust my, uh, you know, my habits or whatever. But I'm not going to take, you know, or if my current job said, "Hey, uh, you, you know, well, what if we pay you three fourths of the money we were paying you?" I might just say, "Fuck off. I'm good. Like, I'll figure it out on my own." Then I'm not going to do that. Yeah, or just you know, it's it's he, it's a grind, too- man. It, people don't understand the grind. When, when you're out of that grind, it's hard to get back into that. Unless you really, really, just really you gotta love, love it. Wrestling. You gotta, you gotta be Chris Hero and say, you know what? Yeah. Fuck it. I love wrestling so much that I'll hop on a plane, get off, wrestle, get on another plane, go to the UK. Like he, he is the all timer of like guys that he just fucking wrestling. love wrestling and will will destroy their body for three years because they love wrestling so much. And that's and what Chris Hero. A, did. And he's a tape nerd, and he just loves wrestling. And it's not that Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins don't love wrestling, but here's the other thing too: if Chris Hero wasn't, uh the top guy on the indies would he do that you know that changes the game too because he's commanding top dollar and and yeah and and he's doing fulfilling work i mean kurt hawkins is never going to be the top guy on the indies no zach Ryder, i don't know you know it's like so no i mean yeah do i think he'll he's he strikes me as the kind of guy who would have a really high price uh just to make it worth his while and he would work those local northeast indie groups every now and then and if aew called I'm sure he'd listen, um, you know, but uh, he's not the kind of guy I think who's going to be, you know, sending feelers to Japan <laughs> right? Yeah. and trying to get booked in Inspire Pro Wrestling or something. I, I don't – he doesn't strike me as that right. kind he, of he's, guy. He's Ryback guy, I think, like similar to yeah. what we saw with Ryback where he's like, yeah, you know, for fi- 1500 bucks I'll come to your show. And some yeah. people will pay that. NEW will pay that. Some other ones, random ones will pay it. But then they're going to stop paying it and then he's just going to float off and just do YouTube videos or whatever from then on forward. And so. the other problem for these guys that are like that though is by the time indie wrestling gets going again, they don't have any more value because they're not – fresh off wwe right, anymore. Right. now you're just another guy who's been off of tv for so long and out of people's consciousness that no one's going to pay you fifteen hundred dollars to do an eight minute match you know against carlito in a minor <laughs> in a minor league baseball stadium in on uh, in staten island new york i mean it, it, you know these guys it, it's you strike while the iron's hot when you're off when you get released and there's no striking while the iron's hot right now, because we're not, we might not see. There's no iron right. to strike. <laughs> that's right. So like 2021. So that's going to hurt. That it's another bad break that some of these guys got. Yeah. They're not going to get that bump. Like you're saying the, the work, the baseball stadium loop in the summer bump that a lot of these guys uh, used yeah. to be able to get that. Yeah. That's not going to be, that could be issue, very so. profitable, you know, and then charge 25 bucks for autographs while you're there and everything else, you know, and, and, so the guys that would have wanted to do that, they can't even do that now. Uh, an interesting name that I, I think a lot of people were laughing at, but I think you have a different take on. No Way Jose. I think people are going to think I'm nuts. I legitimately think out of the people released, 
he has the best chance to become a major star on the indies. Because, first of all, he's really good. Yeah. Big and dude, again, too. 6'3", 245. Great size, and he can go. 31, he can 31 years old, by the way, too, just so we've mentioned that. Yeah, right in his prime, okay? And if you don't believe me, because all you've seen him do are 30-second jobs on Raw, go back and watch the few scant times he was given a chance to actually wrestle a match when he was in NXT. He's good. Go back and watch his indie stuff. Yeah, CW, uh, CWF uh, Mid-Atlantic, I believe. Carolinas. And- yeah, Omega. He was doing some stuff with them, too, um, if I remember correctly. I- I'm telling you, trust me on this, this guy can go. You know, and, and I know that most people only see him as a television jobber and um, the conga line, which is like a knockoff of the old Adam Rose gimmick. It's not even an original gimmick that they gave him on the main roster. You know, it's like it was the same gimmick Adam Rose had, and he, he he never rose above being a television jobber. I'm telling you, he already has the indie roots. He already has indie connections. When the indies get going again, he if he wants it, he's going to get booked. And he's going to get booked in the places that people pay attention to. Yeah. And, and he's going to have to shake off the bad gimmick, and he's going to have to shake off the years of being seen as a jobber. But in those kind of indies, it's easier to do that because it's a hardcore fan base that's going to be willing to give you a chance. Okay, uh, so I'm honestly, for you, one of those guys, it takes like a minute. You know, you come out with the No Way Jose music, you dance around a little bit, bell rings, you fucking deck a guy. You mean business? All right, let's go. You, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't take long. A guy makes fun of you in the ring, a heel makes fun of you in the ring. You fucking mm-hmm. deck him. You throw a drop kick. You do a tope or whatever. You're already made. You're good. You know. I'm telling you, this guy's he. I am. I am. I am high on this guy, assuming he wants it. Yeah, assuming he wants it, and I think he will. Because again, he's a guy who came up through the indies. He's not one of these guys who's a PC. People might not even realize that. Yeah, he's Wilkins and Lee, I believe, trained him, right? CWF, right? He's from that area, so you might Let be me right. Those might, see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilkins and Wilkins and Trevor Lee trained so that's awesome yeah, this, this is an idiot you know that's a wrestler that's a wrestler's wrestler man yeah this, i'm telling you people don't know what they had in him because he never had a chance and very early in nxt he did have a, he wrestled on a takeover i can't remember who it was against was it a takeover or was it a tv match i can't so he had remember a tv match against american alpha is that the one you're talking about it was him and elias I do remember mm, that many, many, many moons ago, but I don't know if that's the one you're thinking of. I don't remember. I, I, you know what? There's nothing I'll, I'll, better I'll fire to do. it up. I'll fire it up. Let's do it. Talk, talk through it all. <laughs> lockdown, so this week I'm going to go back and see if I can find – because it's hard because they never gave him a chance. You know, and he, he got over with the goofy gimmick, and, you know, they just – he never – I don't think he had a TV match on the main roster longer than two Oh, he minutes. had a, against Aries at the Barclays Center, Brooklyn. That's what the yeah, match I'm talking yeah. about. Go. That's the match that everyone, if you don't believe me, you need to go watch that match and watch him not only hang with Austin Aries, who everyone knows how high I am on him. I mean, I, I think that guy is one of the best wrestlers of his generation, and no way Jose hangs with him, and it's like not even close to a carry job. He's not even close to being outclassed. That's the match I was thinking of. He's good. He's good. No way Jose is one of the guys – in terms of indies, now there's guys we're going to get to on this list who I think can immediately become stars in AEW or New Japan, but this is a guy I think who can make the biggest indie impact because it's a perfect storm. He has the roots. He came from the indies. He has connections. He's going to get booked. He's really good. He has size. He has charisma. And who the fuck else is on the indies right now? 
the indies are so dire and stripped down of of, of quality bell-to-bell talent right now. Everyone's getting by on gimmicks and all this bullshit. He's a guy who can who can instantly <laughs> Here comes our savior, No Way Jose. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Know, yeah. A guy who's doing a low-rent indie gimmick <laughs> in WWE. It's 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 ironic, isn't it? Because that's like that's the kind of shit. You know what? That's the kind of shit that's getting over on the indies now. He might just keep doing that. And I, say, might, yeah, like I said, it'd be awesome if he does that and then just fucking slaps a dude and then becomes a real wrestler. But he might be like, you know what? Fuck, I'll do a year of just dancing around the ring for a little bit and have people cheer. Uh, yeah, it depends what he's got. It depends what motivates him. Maybe yeah, he's I ready mean, to. I, I hope he, if I'm him, I like I want to strip that as quickly as possible because that's only going to last me another yes. you know few months or few weeks or whatever. So, well, the last thing, look, I don't want him to end up in this endless loop of doing comedy matches as yes way Jorge. <laughs> okay. So he'll like, I don't want him. To be you don't yes have any match houses. No, just, uh, just, I don't know. want him to be yes. Yes. Way Jorge having matches with Dan, the dad and Alley cat and all that <laughs> fucking garbage, because that would be his quickest way to the main events. Honestly. Cause that's all these promote. He'll be main event in black label. Pro yeah. I could go see him pretty soon. Instant. <laughs> In some cornfield, so that's what he'll be doing. But it's like, if he oh, if Crown he, Point's not a cornfield. Come on, get, whatever. So <laughs> it, I'm just joking. Go ahead. It, it, it probably is. Is it? Is it a cornfield? Uh, yeah, it's more trashy yeah. than cornfield. So okay. But point here is, I don't care about Crown Point, Indiana. Is it Indiana? <laughs> it is in Indiana. Yes. Right. Point here is, it could go either. But if he chooses to, you know, if he's one of these guys who's like, man, I'm hungry just to get back into the craft. You know what I mean? I'm telling people probably think we're nuts, but I'm telling you, I am very bullish on No Way Jose as an indie wrestler. And in fact, in fact, if I'm AEW, honest to God, I call him. I mean, you gotta somehow scrub the stink off of him. But this is a guy who I think, if put in the right position and brought up slowly, can be like an impactful guy. I I really am that high on him. Uh, another guy that I think a lot of people are high on the the most recent one, the kind of the I think maybe the more one of the more shocking ones, Rusev uh, officially released. Uh, Rusev is now out and free, and this is the guy that everyone's ready to see what he can do on the on on, on the Indies, what he can do in Japan, what he can do in AEW, what he can do whatever. God, I hope this isn't like a Jack Swagger thing. I really hope it's not a Jack Swagger thing or something like that. I hope this guy's motivated. I hope this guy's ready because, you know, we've been talking so many years now of what this guy could do if he finally was unleashed and finally ready to go. Uh, and he's, he's ready now. He, he can go do whatever he wants. The world is his oyster. Uh, but I have, part of me is a little worried that he either doesn't want to do it or isn't motivated or, or whatever. I have no idea what to say about Rusev. I, this guy could either be the biggest star in the wrestling in another year or fucking around doing nothing in any, you know, doing two shots right out of the gates and then nothing ever again the rest of the year. I, I have no idea what the future for Rusev holds. I don't think Rusev has any interest in working indies. I, I don't, I don't get that impression off of him at all. Um, he's a WWE performance center guy. Um, I know we had like one or two indie matches before they signed him, but he's he's a homegrown. Would you call him a homegrown? I would. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been there forever. I mean, 2010. I want to say he's been there. So yeah, he, he's as a lifer as as you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, he's a homegrown guy. He also has plenty of money, so he's not going to go nickel and dime working for indies. He doesn't need to do it. I don't think he'll do it. He doesn't have any roots in the indies. Um, th- th- my concern with Rusev is his motivation. If Rusev is motivated 
he can walk into New Japan tomorrow and have a tremendous five-year run in New Japan. And that's the only place in Japan I think he'd work. I don't think he's going to show up in all Japan and wrestle Suji Ishikawa. As much as I'd like to see that, I think you're nuts. I don't think he's flying to Japan to work for Noah or All Japan or Big Japan or any of these places. He's not Mike Elgin. Mike right. Elgin's a wrestling nerd. He'll yeah, do it. Yeah, Rusev is New Japan, AEW, or bust, pretty much. Yeah, and, you know, Mike Elgin is still an indie wrestler. You know, he's a professional wrestler who makes his living wrestling. I'm not taking anything away from him, but Rusev is a guy who has already made uh, a lot of money in pro wrestling. He's not going to any – and he's not – a wrestling nerd, though. At least I don't think he is. I could be totally off. Yeah, I've, I've never had any indication that he is one of those guys. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he's one of the better guys that they've ever developed, but that doesn't mean that he's a dude, you know, running over to his fucking Billy Billy account to, to watch, you know, Noah tapes no. or whatever. Yeah. Like, and Mike Elgin does that shit. The way right, that Mike Elgin know. is running over to his Billy Billy account to go yeah. see, you know, the latest fucking heat up drop that, you know, the latest Noah Global League drop or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what he, he was for his entire life. And yeah. The Rusev has never shown me any indication of that. So, I mean, I could see Rusev in New Japan, again, provided he has the motivation. And I could see – now, look, if AEW doesn't call this guy, they're nuts. Yeah, I was going to say, the second he got released, I think Cody's probably on that phone sliding in those DMs saying, hey, how's it going, brother? Like, how are you doing? Absolutely. And Rusev is definitely not a guy I, – I, I do not see him going to Impact or MLW. I feel like he would think that's beneath him. Honestly, he's a guy who I think it's New Japan or AEW or bust. And again, it's all dependent on his motivation. He's, he, he also kind of – I get the impression off of him is it's just a business to him. And it's, and, and it's just you know make as much money as possible, which again, those would be the only two real options for him. Could I be totally misreading Rusev? Could he be a guy who's truly been miserable because he wants to go out there and practice his craft and, and be a wrestler's wrestler? I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I want to be wrong. I, I, I want to be so wrong, and I want I want this dude to be everywhere just killing it. Yeah, but I mean, you know, if you're AEW or New Japan, I think, I mean, if you haven't called him already by the time – you know, this show is happening, then that that's a mistake. I mean, this is the pick of the litter of these, of this, of so far of the releases. I mean, this is the guy where you want to get, you want to call him, see where his head's at. And if he's motivated and all about it, this guy can be a star. So this is the pick of the litter. Um, all right. So that is as far as the wrestlers go. Here's some other ones that we have heard. Um, as far as the major, major, you know, main roster wrestlers, um, Billy producers, backstage producers, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Dave Finley, Pat Buck, Sean Devari, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, Shane Helms, and Lance Storm also, um, quote unquote, released is what Mike Johnson said. Pro Wrestling Sheet says that they've been furloughed and not let go entirely. So it depends on who you believe uh, there. I would believe Ryan Satin because he basically, for all intent and purpose. Oh, he's a Fox employee. How dare you? <laughs> So, I mean, I'll, I'll take Satin's word on that. I agree. Yeah, I think I think I, Mike Johnson's getting secondary news. Most likely, Satin could probably just ask literally somebody in the in the office and, and get it. I mean, it's the so. same story, just with a slightly different... Right, I've fully released it's... versus furloughed. And it, it makes sense, because those names that you bring up there, like, you know, a Billy Kidman type, people might, you know, not know. 
Billy Kidman was like the like he was like the right hand second and like his power was ridiculous. Like what he was, he was the main guy at Gorilla, the main guy timing out the shows, the main guy getting stuff ready to go. I know that they had split things a little bit, and he was just doing Raw before he was doing Raw and SmackDown. But he's a big time guy in that company, like a big time dude. So it's possible that hey, look, if we're not doing live TV, we don't need time, you know, stuff timed as much. Go home. We'll call you when things get back to normal. Like I buy that for sure for Billy Kidman. I don't buy that they just told Billy Kidman to hit the fucking bricks. Bye. You know, even like a Dave Finley type as well, even though he's been the way he's Dave Finley's been tweeting. Uh, I don't know. He's uh, apparently he's just joined the Bullet Club, Joe. So um, what? I don't know. There's a tweet storm going on. Where I don't think he quite understands what's going on, but uh, uh, his son is trying to get him to not join the Bullet Club and uh, members of the Bullet Club are trying to get him to join the Bullet Club. Oh, so, so. this is just goofy. I think, not. yeah. And, and I'm sure Finley legitimately has no fucking clue what's going on. He's probably drinking a Guinness going, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Um. Diana Peraza was cut. She was, yes. So, uh, but again, that's one where it seems like she wanted it. At least that's what she indicated on Twitter, which would also explain why she's been used as a jobber on TV because they probably she's probably been asking out, and they just weren't releasing her for whatever reason. And but I guess since they figure her future wasn't long there, they were just going to job her out. Right now, with all this happening, it was an easy you know somebody who raised their hand. Um, and supposedly I'm just going through this stuff now. There's a lot of NXT cuts coming, but they're not going to be announced. Maybe they want to get through TV tonight. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah. I, I think uh, a few tweets going out there that the people know of releases, but kind of like, Hey, uh, when are you guys going to announce these? We don't want like, I think a lot of these, maybe people are hearing names, but don't know for sure. So, um, don't want to say anything. And WWE does not appear to want to say anything because things have slowed down as we record this. Uh, you know that a bloodletting is happening in NXT at some point, but they might want to let people get through TV, which is as as vile as this entire day has been. It's just another. Can you imagine? I think that um, showing up for TV, not look, having I, any clue. It's fucking terrible. Ugh. I think next week. Um, we're going to come on here and we're going to be talking about a whole slew. I don't think this is over or even close to over. God, no. And I think we're going to be talking about a whole nother set of wrestlers and what their future prospects are. Um, so, yeah. I, and then you've got, you know, like I know uh, Kushida put out a weird tweet earlier about floating down a river or something like that. <laughs> right. Um, so who the fuck knows what that's about? I'm looking in our chat right now, and someone's saying that there's a cryptic Nakamura tweet out there as well. He's always tweeting and weird shit, though, so who the hell knows? He is, but it's it's kind of like uh, Anderson and Gallows and, and, and the Canellises, where I could easily see them cutting some of these kind of people who have expensive contracts. Yeah, right, right, right. Expensive right. contracts, but no value to them. So they, they signed them so that other people couldn't sign them. So now is a good time to unsign them, you, you know? Yeah, and, and and so a lot of these people are example. Look, some of these people released are just they would have been candidates for release no matter what. Your Sarah Logans or, or whatnot. Some of them are people who raised their hand and wanted to be released, and others are fall into the category of they're making a shit ton of money and these are budget cuts. Right. So, um, you know, if you don't have and and I think Nakamura would fall into that, honestly. I oh, mean, for sure. Yeah, he's a big money deal that, and and he's offering them absolutely nothing at this point. Absolutely nothing. nothing. And 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 really, the only thing that he offers them is that he is that they keep him away from their two prime competitors. 
that's really it's weird, but that's all he has to offer them. Right. Well, and that's what a lot of these people had to offer, and that's why you're saying yeah. like under, under under a bunch of different circumstances, we would be talking about how this is actually a good thing that they're now letting other companies sign. You know, without knowing, like right now, it fucking sucks because these guys have nowhere to go, and there's nowhere you know, there's no wrestling business for them to go to. It's just kind of whatever this is right now. But yeah, in 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 any normal term, I mean, this sort of stuff should have happened years ago. They shouldn't have been hoarding talent. They should have not been signing people just so other people can't sign them. I mean, that, that was always kind of a bullshit thing, and it always kind of sucked for everybody, but it was, hey, good money for, for new people. The people that you know got new deals got a ton of new money. The people that, that, that were able to negotiate out of deals got a bunch of money elsewhere. Like, it was good for the wrestlers for a while, but we knew it was unsustainable. At some point, this was going to rear its ugly head. There was some time when you weren't going to just be able to sign everybody just to not have other people sign them. But, yeah, it, it does kind of suck that it's under these circumstances that it, it, it finally does sort of end. The end of the road kind of happens here. They have no further use for Shinsuke Nakamura. They use him as a mid-card guy. He does jobs. Uh, the only use they have for him is is preventing him from helping New Japan or AEW. Yeah. Places where they would utilize him better and he could potentially draw money. We know he could draw money for New Japan. I mean, that's just a given. He'd immediately be a top guy and be a headliner. And he is, you know, he has value for them. In America, he's very popular in America. And AEW would undoubtedly find a way to make money with Shinsuke Nakamura. And honestly, you know, people think like, oh, he'd end up back in New Japan. I think he'd end up in AEW because he seems to like living here. And their schedule suits him. It's once a week. Yeah, dude wants to surf. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? This like... is one of the laziest men in wrestling. I mean, <laughs> why do I, I think AEW, if, you know, it would be the natural landing spot. He, you know, it's, he, yeah, I don't think he wants to get back on that New Japan bus. I think he's he's probably good showing up to the show, doing the tapings, doing whatever, showing up once a week, and then going back and doing whatever the fuck you know Nakamura's going to do after that. So, and I guess we should address uh, Kari Sane because it, well, the thing with her is there were rumors she was on the way out before any of this because right, her, right. her contract was coming up. And this Monday and, looks like somebody on the fucking way out for sure. Yes, too, it so. did. They conspicuously have begun jobbing her out. On top of that. So there have been like dark Twitter rumors and rumblings that she was going to let her contract run out and walk. She lost the tag team titles and then did a very short, embarrassing job on raw. And then with all of this today, so that she might just be a situation where they're like, well, what are we going to cut her for Her contracts up in a month? Um, But she could be on her way out too, but there's, there's, there's nothing official on that yet. So that's all we have right now. I've I've been refreshing and getting all ready, and it looks like everything's kind of slowed down for now. But like you said, it's uh, you're you're, you're very naive if you think this is it. There is many, I think the many NXT, more coming. Yeah, yeah, the NXT cuts are coming soon. I think, and I everybody's think kind that. of agreeing that they're coming, and people are saying they're coming, but nobody really wants to put the names out there quite yet. Which I, I get that makes all the sense in the world. If we should uh, mention that they're firing writers too. I mean, we didn't even bring up that group. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't remember her name, and I didn't write it down. Uh, Andrea, I believe, was her name, is, is the one. And she was mentioned, actually, in this Fightful article, too, because she she uh, tweeted out about it, and a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the wrestlers all kind of said, you know, thank you for helping me, and, you know, I appreciate it, and all that sort of stuff. Let me get her uh, uh, her exact name here. Get her she last does, name, and I'll talk she, about she her. She deserves a little bit of credit as well. Um, we got some DMs about her before it was official, too, because apparently she's the writer who came up with the Otis and Mandy storyline. Yeah. Andrea Listenberger, I believe is, is is the name. Andrea Listenberger. There you go. So she came up with the Mandy Rose Otis storyline, which obviously I 
can't fucking stand. But not for us, not, but it fucking works, man. Not for you and I, but it, it works, man. It's, it it's clearly it's got over with their fans. Right. It was the storyline that got over with their fans. And we were also told that she was instrumental in a lot of the Miz and Morris and stuff, that she was one of the leads on their material, which also gets over with their fan base. Yeah. So um, apparently she was pretty good at her job because she got stuff on TV, number one. And a lot of these writers don't even get anything on TV. And um, and and the stuff that she got on TV in, in certain cases uh, got over tremendously with their fan base. So that's another facet here, even right down to the writer's room. You know, we see people and she's the only one, I think, that's been official. But I'm sure there's other writers. Coming. Yeah, there's other that probably just don't have Twitter accounts or, you know, they're saying they tweet something out. And nobody even notices <laughs> that they were there. So, yeah. Um, and it, and the writers, the the company generally doesn't announce when they let go, let, let a writer. Go. Right, right, right. It's, you know, it's it's the on screen talent and the uh, the agents or producers or whatever they're called this week. They're calling them producers now, right? Um. Yes. Yeah. Producers. So. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was, uh, oh, man, that was rough. <laughs> this has been wild. What a, what a crazy day. I, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll transition to some of the other topics that we're going to talk about uh, today. Obviously, uh, 2AW will probably be better. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to push. No, yeah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to push 2AW to next week again. Um, I don't know what you're laughing at. Respect the two. I know I do. I just, there there are a lot of people that are very disappointed and I feel bad. I just feel, I feel terrible. So we're going to push the big Japan. Big Japan is back from the dead. Uh, They're going to hold their uh, during Easter. Big Japan rose from the dead the day after Easter. Yeah. Ask questions. Just like the Lord himself. Big Japan has risen. And uh, apparently they are going to hold their strong climb finals. Um, But we'll, we'll talk about big Japan next week because we haven't seen that 224 show that 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 emerged either yet, and that really was going to be uh, the center of the Big Japan um, uh, segment we were going to do. So we'll hold off on 2AW and Big Japan. We're gonna there's gonna be less and less actual wrestling to talk about, so it's not that big a deal. Uh, so what we'll do here, oh, quickly, we got to talk about we're gonna do uh, AEW with their double or nothing announcement, and then we're gonna talk about Noah to wrap it up. I don't know if we're going to do a full three hours. Yeah, today. we might not. We might not. I mean, this, uh, where this, are we at right now? Is, like an hour and a half. Uh, or yeah, about an hour and a half. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, this show was like thrown together last minute. And nobody's really quite ready for this show to happen as it's happening. So, uh, yeah, we probably won't go the full three here, but um, we'll see what ends up happening. So, yeah. So, well, so quickly, AEW announced uh, it won't be happening at the MGM in Las Vegas, but they will be doing double or nothing in some form, and apparently, it will be on pay per view. Um, this kind of follows the WWE trend with WrestleMania in that these companies seem reluctant to put off or cancel their pay-per-views because they want to keep their storylines moving. Seems to be the crux of it because Vince McMahon threw away a ton of money by doing the empty arena WrestleMania, obviously, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, the, it would have been the biggest gate, uh, in wrestling, uh, in the world this year, like it always is. And they, Instead of delaying it, uh, I guess with the uncertainty or just wanting to move things along. And we had that conversation a couple of times uh, in the lead up to WrestleMania. Well, AEW is doing the same thing with Double or Nothing. In this case, you know, they're not throwing away a 60,000 fan gate. They're throwing away maybe what what, what would that have drawn? 15, 18,000 fans? Yeah, I forget what the, the MGM fits right now. Somewhere between 11 and 15. I forget what it does. I think it's all about setup. But yeah, 10,000 10, plus for sure. Yeah, nice gate for sure, right? I mean... Uh, but they're still going to have it 
on pay-per-view. Now, I think the differences between WWE and AEW is pay-per-view revenue is an enormous chunk of AEW's uh, uh, revenue. So, you know, these pay-per-views do uh, right around 100,000 buys each at, you know, 50, 60 bucks a pop, uh, at least in the United States. I know foreigners get a uh, better deal on fight, right? You know, like $20 overseas. Yeah, I think so. The- yeah, I, I don't know the exact uh, prices and whatnot, but yeah. point so, here is pay-per-view is a major part of their revenue. Right, where right. for WWE, it's not. I mean, you know, it, it's pay-per-view is, is decidedly not a major part of their revenue. It's, it's the television deals and the failed network, which is, you know, the idea was, uh, you know, the network, which basically uh, people forget, but they've thrown the towel on the network. I mean, before all of this, uh, uh, before The Thing took over all of our lives and, and disrupted society, Vince McMahon was selling his pay-per-view package to to over-the-top streaming Yeah, and, and launching two of the most prominent figures in the company that that that, that liked the WWE Network and, 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 and got it off the ground and, and, and supported it and all that sort of stuff. They yeah. were launched, and he said, yeah, it's for sale. Anybody who wants these pay-per-views, call me. I'll sell them to you. Towel was thrown on on the network so but a in aew's case pay-per-view is a major part of their revenue stream they don't have the monstrous te- they have a nice television deal and they got extended and that's what's making them profitable and keeping them alive but the pay-per-view is a major part of their revenue so it's it's not apples to apples you know and people who lack critical thinking skills are going to claim that we're we're not being fair because we're not approaching it the same. And I don't even know your opinion on it, but in my opinion, it's not analogous. It's two different situations. It's one company heavily relies on pay-per-view revenue. The other does not. And, and you know, it's, I feel like I kind of see why they feel like they still need to go through with it. And, you know, presumably it'll be in an empty building. I mean, that's almost a near lock. And uh, the question then becomes how many people, will be willing to pay for an empty building pay-per-view. Yeah. We know that empty building wrestling has caused, in some cases, enormous hits in television ratings. Monday Night Raw is getting slaughtered. NXT is getting slaughtered. Uh, SmackDown and Dynamite, I wouldn't say they're getting slaughtered. They've dropped for sure, but they've kind of leveled off, and they haven't taken the hits that Raw and NXT have taken in terms of television viewers. Um, So you would think that less people would be willing to plunk down money to watch empty arena wrestling. But from AEW's perspective, and this is where I stand on it, let's say they do 60% of their normal pay-per-view business and do 60,000 buys for this pay-per-view. To me, that's reason enough to do it, right? I mean, why not take that money? Right. Unless you're coming at it from a moral argument. We should be isolating. Don't bring these people there. Don't bring, you know, listen, that's a separate argument. It's tricky what we do here every week because we still have to break down wrestling and do it from a business perspective and break down the graps. But we also have this other huge thing looming over us that also has to be considered as well. Um, So I've talked a lot already. What do you? Where do you kind of stand on going forward with Double or Nothing? Yeah, and and that's actually this is a question uh, that was posed to me on uh, I did the Q and A yesterday, the call and Q and A, a little test of, of of calls, and it went well, and it was a, it was a pretty fun show. And somebody asked uh, about that as well, and and I kind of said that I, in, in, you know, 
I don't love the idea. Like when WWE decided that they were going to bring everybody on, you know, last Friday or whatever, and take five weeks of TV, and then everybody could go home. I said, you know what? Perfect. That's exactly what you needed to do. And I, I, I applauded WWE even weeks ago when they were taping stuff ahead of time. When they taped WrestleMania two weeks ahead of time and stuff. That's, uh, I think, a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Is hey. I, I know this is tough. It kind of stinks everybody, but everybody just show up for this one night or these two nights or whatever. We'll tape everything we can right now, and then you can go home, and then you can be safe and be with your families, and we'll figure out what's going to happen in a few weeks. That I have no issues with that. I understand why that happened. I understand why wrestling companies have to do that. The issue I have is the live TV. <laughs> the three times a week having everybody come back and show up and get on planes and get on buses and get in cars and, and, and sit in airports and that sort of stuff, that's not good. Like You do not want that. That is just absolutely the worst thing you could possibly do at a time like this. As far as AEW telling everybody, hey, in two in, in a month, show up to undisclosed location and let's do a wrestling show, I can't get that upset about that. I really can't. If if if, if they're not asking these guys to come here weekly, and we know that they're not anymore, they were, and, and we kind of called them out on it and said, eh, is that really the right idea? And they they adjusted, and they're they're not doing that anymore, and they taped ahead of time and all that sort of stuff. Um, if these people are able to be home for the next three weeks or whatever, I think it is until double or nothing, and then they just have to show up. Whoever is on the show has to show up. And be there for the show. I, I'm not that upset about something like that. If it truly is like, hey, look, guys, this is how our company survives. And if you don't feel comfortable and you don't want to come, that's fine. We won't force you to come. But this is what we think we need to do to keep our company alive. That is no problem with me. I have no issues with that. You know, some yeah. companies are saying, you know, my company is saying, hey, if, if you guys, if, if one, one day per week you guys can come in the office, that's good. If you can't, that's fine. I have no issues with that. Some people are going, I'm not. I say, hey, look, I got a nurse coming home every day. I don't really think it's a very good idea for me, you know, to go to the office. And they're saying, you know what, that's fine. That's cool. I, I have no yeah. issues with that. As long as you give people an option and it's like once a month, once every few weeks, it's not the, the three times every week is indefensible. That, that is anybody comparing what's happening with WWE going live three times a week to AEW saying, hey, on May 23rd, we want, you know, a, a collection of people to show up for the show at a certain time is, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's an alley. It, it, it makes no sense to and put those together just, and compare those. You're, you're not being fair if you think those two things are the same. Yeah, they're completely different. You're not, you're, you're not being fair. The, the, the thing is, whether it was WWE or AEW or anybody else for that matter, Impact, Bring up whoever else you want. If they would have done what the original WWE plan was, which is to tape over two days for the next month and then everybody go home and we'll see you in another yeah, month. Yeah, no problem. I would have no problem with that provided, you know, you're you're doing everything safe when you're there, which by all indications they were. Right, you don't invite Jerry Lawler to show up. You're, you're not forcing <laughs> people to come if they don't want to come, which by all indications Tony Khan was doing. And WWE was doing, but the problem is a lot of people were wary of Vince McMahon and not trusting him yeah. to really, you know, where people trust Tony Khan, you know, because he doesn't have decades of fucking people over, you know, his crew kind of trusted him like Marco Stunt, you know, uh, he was sick and then his, his uh, grandfather died. But I think the time he didn't come was because he was sick, you know, and, and, you know, it's like if you don't have to come, if you don't want to, my point here is if you want to tape every four weeks or every six weeks with a limited crew, where people have a real option whether they want to show up or not, and you're keeping the old people away, and then your crew is going home, and they're quarantining themselves. Right, right. so if they did get sick, say something did happen, God forbid yeah. something does happen, you're, you're back at your home, you're fine, you're, you're whatever, and, and your family has to understand, and, and whatever. Like, yeah, again, like that's Edge fine. Said he did, which right, is what Edge right. said he did. I showed up, then, I was done, and I sat in my house for two weeks after that. Perfect. And I sat in my basement for two weeks, and so... I would have no problem with these companies continue to run yeah, under no those circles. I don't have a problem with that because that's safe 
as safe as it's going to be, and and you can go home and quarantine because they don't need you again for four or six weeks. But that's not what WWE's plan was to bring everybody together three times a week. That's what they're doing. It's insane. It's indefensible. And it's completely different from AEW. AEW taped – how long ago was that now? Two or three weeks ago that they taped in Georgia? Yeah, we got the wink, wink, nudge, nudge about two or three weeks ago. And then we got the official word about two weeks ago that, yeah, they filmed all through the, the rest of the month and, and, and through Until May, double or nothing. Right? Until double or nothing. So, Which I think is May 23rd or May something May 23rd. Like May 23rd, yeah. So now, you know, they're not going to have their crew together from, like, basically early April until May 23rd. Right, more than a month. More than a month of time for people to like kind of do whatever weeks. they're going to do. Yeah. There's a six, seven-week gap there. And if they do double or nothing and then tape their next batch of shows the next day and then send everybody home and then they quarantine, I have no problem with that. I mean, or very little problem. I, I, I can't get on them for that. You know, so, you know, and, and, and again, they need that, that pay-per-view revenue is a big part of their revenue. So even if they project that they're only going to get 50, 60, 40, 70% of their usual pay-per-view business, wherever it lands, I understand doing it, man. My, my argument against doing WrestleMania the way they did was that they were throwing away the gate. I mean, I felt they should have delayed it because they were throwing it in this instance. I feel like AEW is a company that needs that pay-per-view money, and they absolutely should hold the show while sacrificing the 15,000-fan gate. So um, for all those reasons, I don't have a problem with it. They, they, they are certainly being more responsible with their taping schedules than they were in the early going. Right, right, and we call them out for it. And and and, and people that say we're oh you're oh, you're just carrying water for AEW because you love them or whatever. Go back and listen, doofus, to no. our show two weeks ago where we said, "What are you idiots doing? Tape all your shows ahead of time." And 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 we got a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. How do you know we haven't been taping them? And we said, "Okay, yes. then prove it." And they did, and and they're good. So I we were screaming at them to tape. We were screaming at them to blow off dark and spend those time and resources taping dynamite. We were screaming about Jake Roberts being there. And now, if you notice, Roberts and Tully Blanchard, those guys weren't Jim there. Ross, Jim Ross hasn't Jim been there. Ross, they didn't bring all the – so they adjusted as they went along. And look, we're all learning as we go along with this bullshit, okay? But most of us are learning, are, are learning and moving in a positive direction. Then you have Vince McMahon who's going backwards, and he's bringing his whole crew together three times a week every week after paying off the state to do it. <laughs> Hey, 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 now, unrelated. Allegedly. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. So it's like, you know, you're not being (laughs) fair if you think these situations are the same. Ring of Honor went out to Vegas, canceled their pay-per-view, filmed a couple of empty arena matches, which they haven't even bothered to air, and sent everybody home and said, we'll see you in six months. MLW, we're not doing, that's it. When the Mexico footage is gone, we're done. New Japan hasn't done a thing. They didn't fuck around with empty arena. Nothing. They just keep canceling shows and they're going to keep canceling shows. Okay. So there's, there's other companies here who have learned as they've gone along and have, 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 are really doing some smarter things. And maybe everybody wasn't handling it perfect before, but there's only one company who seems to be moving backwards and, and is regressive in all of this. And I'm sorry if that just happens to be the one that we always bang on. Well, maybe we wouldn't always bang on them if they made better choices. Right. Okay? It, it, it's, we're not witch hunting them. They do this to themselves. 
You can't possibly see the news today and think we're being unfair to these guys. So, you know, that's where I am with double or nothing, and that's why it's a completely different scenario. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't have a problem with it, and I'm sure that they'll spend, they'll either tape the day of before double or nothing, or they'll tape after double. They'll have a plan. Yeah, and, and, and it's fluid, together. too. Like, if, if, the, if the world goes into a fucking disarray or whatever the hell happens in the next month or whatever, and, and they, I really, if, they, if it's truly, like, completely irresponsible for them to do the show, they're not going to do it. They're just getting ahead of the game now and saying, "Hey, look, you know, we're going to be here for May twenty third, so you know, we're, we're you know, it's just getting ahead of the game and, and, and sort of saying that we're going to be there." But yeah, you don't think that if things get like really ridiculous, and and I have no indication that they they will or they they should or whatnot, but they, I think that they're smart enough and, and and know enough that yeah, they'll 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 adjust. It's like this is in concrete now and in, in stone, where you know, if if something happens, they they'll adjust. They won't do the show if they need. We- it. We didn't bang on WWE last week when... No, I credited them. I said they were doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, just tape it all now. <laughs> they had, the best, they had the best idea. Get everybody here Friday. Let's bang everything out. Everybody go home. I was like, boom, you guys nailed it. Good, perfect. Vince McMahon throws his headset down and says, fuck it. Scrap that episode. Everyone's here every week now for three times a week. Like, <laughs> like that. I, last week, I said they were doing it right. I've been saying they've been doing it right for a while. I thought WrestleMania was the perfect idea of how to do that. Great idea. Someone like Edge can now go home and sit in his basement for two weeks or whatever, which isn't ideal, obviously. But if he, if if, if it means that much to him to wrestle, and it means that much for these guys to get it there and help the whatever, whatever it is, like whatever scenario, whatever's motivating people, I have no issue with the company saying, "Hey, look, can you, if you want to do this for us, that's great. Come do the show and then go home and be with your family for the next month or so." I have no issue with that whatsoever, provided it's within the, the, the what that wrestler wants to do and that wrestler has that option to do it or not. Listen, and that's what this is. I'll be into double or nothing. I want to fucking watch it. And then somebody said, somebody said, would you do this? And I said, fuck yeah, I would do it. I'd have TNT get all the muscle behind it because what the fuck else do they have? They they don't have any NBA first round. The NBA playoffs are supposed to start, I think, like in a week or or in a few days here. Yeah, it was supposed to start. Today was the final day for for the NBA regular season. So the, the playoffs are starting in a week or so or a few days after this. You don't think TNT is hungry and ready for live sports on their network? So I say put all the fucking muscle you can and say, look, May 23rd, an unprecedented event. We, we're doing a pay-per-view level, a big-time show. Come watch it. Forget about your trouble. All that sort of stuff. Whatever. They're not putting it on TNT. They're putting it on pay-per-view. Well, that's what I mean. Well, I mean, like, but TNT could be – if it, I think it's still on BR Live and that stuff as well. You, you yeah, know what I, I mean? Know, like, that's, that's still kind of their property. Yeah, that's still yeah. their property. So, quote-unquote or whatever. So I think, like, them driving people to, to, to you know – purchase it and on BR Live or whatever isn't isn't against anything either. I know it's not gonna show whatever up on TNT. Happened, whatever happened to the BR Live shows? Yeah, I don't know. That it's kind of a shitty app. So I think they still I think it's still on there, but nobody uses it because it's a bad See, app. Because so. I, I disagree strongly with the people that are saying make double or nothing a TV special. Why would you throw away that revenue? No, I agree. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, I, for the record I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying TNT advertise it because it is one of your properties and it, it, it hopefully gets some eyeballs yeah. on it and stuff is, is is all I was saying there. Yeah, but it's like that argument I don't understand because it's like, well, if you're going to do the show, then there's no reason not to make it a paper. Why would you give it away for free? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, otherwise, don't even do the show. I mean, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, that that never made any sense to me. Um, if, if the idea is, oh, well, people aren't going to be into the idea of buying a pay-per-view right now. I, I get that. I, I think it's going to do way less than their their usual level i mean, sure. I, mean I just talked about that yeah I and think, if they're smart they'll adjust that price too i don't think they can in good conscience mm, well charge 50 you know, or whatever I, they got to put that down a little bit 
as we learned with WrestleMania, it's not always their choice right. because we had cable companies all doing different things. Some some were charging 50 bucks per night for WrestleMania. Others were offering a package to buy both. So it's it's kind of like these cable companies, it's like I think you can it, – it's like anything else. I think there's like a suggested retail price and then the cable companies do whatever the fuck they want anyway. So I don't know how much control you have over that. It's it's not something I'm real informed on, but it, it must not be a ton because you saw the cable companies basically all going rogue when it came to WrestleMania and how to handle the two nights. Mm-hmm. I think there were even a couple cable companies that only offered Sunday. They didn't even offer Saturday, which is uh, completely bizarre too because I guess they had other shit already scheduled and they didn't figure – because remember, WWE pay-per-views don't do very well anymore, so it's like – they can't boss people around the way they used to in the old days. So whatever fucking apartment wrestling bullshit they had scheduled for Saturday, you ever see what some of those papers oh, yeah, are? The, bl- the bloody wrestling wars 12. <laughs> like what the fuck? Or yeah, it's like, you know, wrestling vixens rip it off or whatever. You're like, what in yeah. the world? Who watches these? What are we watching here? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's actual, like there's fucking porn. Why, what's the, like you can get any fetish porn you want now. Why are you watching? Like it will be, it'll be so much better than, you know, whatever this fucking scantily clad wrestling is. You know, uh, I don't know. But uh, there's always like weird Impact ones that I have too, where it's like Impact Wrestling's greatest matches of 2016, and I'm like, who's ordering these? I mean, I guess somebody. One night only. Impact Wrestling one night only. Those are finally done, right? The one night onlys. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Damn it, don't want those. The... Yeah. I think they still show up on my cable thing. I think they're just showing the old ones all over again. So they show them on the um, the uh, oh, what's that app? The uh, uh, Pluto. Yeah, the Pluto channel. They show the one night onlys, the older ones. They show explosion, um, like old explosions, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I, I stumbled upon it the other day, and it was like, yeah, Petey Williams in an explosion match from like 2011. Some, you, I'm you like, get some, you get some Okato action. Yeah, I'm like, oh, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, I'll watch this. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so that's double or nothing. And like you said, if the world just continues, um, if shit gets worse, they'll fucking cancel it. You know, if shit gets better, uh, you know, then they'll just they'll, they'll keep moving forward with. It. I I don't I don't see the big deal here in saying our plan is to continue on. Right in a month and and a change, we're gonna have a show. That's all they're saying here. It, 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 to 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 compare it to hey, every single week, all of you need to fly here. You know, three times a week is ridiculous. To, Quite to honestly, they have to get together at that time to tape their next batch of TV anyway. So, again, why not just do the fucking pay-per-view, you know? Right. And uh, who knows whether – you know, I didn't I – don't, I don't have the release in front of me. Who knows whether it will be live or not too. I mean they could very easily be sneaky mm-hmm. and have the thing be taped and just creatively never, never say that you're live to get around. I mean there's so many different possibilities. So um, – that's the AEW double or nothing. And I guess we'll see. I guess we're going to get the finals of the TNT tournament on that, which is undoubtedly going to be Cody and Lance Archer. Um, I feel really bad for Lance Archer and Brody Lee. Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. You know, they debut in front of no fans. And all three of those guys would have got you know enormous pops from those AEW crowds, particularly Matt Hardy. I mean, you know, they would have went insane for him. Um you know, you feel bad for guys like for the same reasons I felt bad for some of the people on the WrestleMania show. And look at poor Drew McIntyre. I mean, he has no chance. I mean, nobody's watching Raw. All three hours under two under two million. 
this yeah. week. Um, he just he doesn't have a chance, and he's gonna, you know, partially pick up some of the blame for it. I'm sure, um, you know, and it's it's you know the guy he didn't get his pop, and he didn't get a chance to look like a megastar, which is so important when you're pushing a new person. That perception that they're a huge star, you know, and he never got that, and it all got off on the wrong foot, and that title will be back on Brock before you know it. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, when they get Brock down there to beat the guy. But, you know, I did say I was on wrestling Omokase, Rich. Did you know that? I, I, I did know that, yeah. I was on the Omokase this past week. And a uh, little plug there. Go listen to that. Uh, but we briefly talked about, you know, the thing. I, I, do you think – see, I think WWE is going to get shut down. I don't think I, – I think eventually there's going to be some force. <sighs> I think they're getting shut down. I think whether it's um, it's get, it's picking up too much mainstream. I agree. It, it is. The problem, though, the big issue is the federal government's basically said, you know what, states, figure it out on your own. And that's got me worried because it's Florida. Yeah, but someone's going to pressure Florida. I mean, whether it's... Or- <laughs> Florida already said the churches are exempt and nobody really... People said, you guys are fucking dumb. What are you doing? And they really haven't stopped. So I don't, it's, I, it's hard to bet against Florida, man. That's all I'll say. When, I know. Listen, I know Florida's a cesspool when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> right. But when you're getting national media attention right, now. Right, right, right. And when all of this heat is coming down on you. Well, the heat will come from – it'll be like UFC where, like, Fox has to step in and say, what are you guys doing, man? Well, what that's what doing? I mean. I think there'll be some force. I don't know who. Right. Whether it be political, whether it be someone – uh, on the WWE side, or but no, I, I, I agree. Yesterday they were taking heat from CNN. There was once the non wrestling folks, and I, I even mentioned this on the Q and A. I'm nothing against your David Bixen fans and those sort of people. They can scream and get nuts all they want and, and, and complain about it. But once it's getting covered by political people, going, wait a minute, what's the Super PAC thing going on here? Wait, what's WWE? Like they flew way too close to the sun and they got way too much publicity for it. Your so. point here is people should be listening to the David Bixen fans, but they don't. Right? They but think they ah, wrestling. What a a goofy yeah. little wrestling thing ah whatever but this one for whatever reason probably because the super pack connection got people going oh wait a minute what hold, what what are you doing what's going on here and i was seeing it picked up by a bunch of places uh that were not wrestling related whatsoever so that's yeah, that's tough major mainstream political reporters are going to get involved this is why i think it all falls apart especially now when you have like bob arum and dana white like picking up the phone to call vince to ask if they could use the performance center right it's just it's going to get too big. They're not flying under the radar anymore is my point. And it's it's to me at some point, whether it's this week, next week, especially with them being in the news today, I think there's a good chance that in the next week or two, their plan of, uh, you know, running three times a week is I, I, I think the state is, is going to turn their back and shut them down because I, I think the state is going to be put in a position where they don't have a choice. There's too much pressure. But um, I guess we'll see. As we transition to what are we finishing up with here? The Noah, Noah tag- Global League. Let's talk Noah, baby. Let's go. The Global Tag League. So uh, this thing is done. Okay. These were only two blocks of four. So there weren't a ton of matches to get through. I watched the first three nights. I haven't watched the final two nights yet. I've seen the final, f- the first four, I should say. I actually just noticed that I, I watched four. So, okay. Excellent. Um, first of all, this tournament is not even happening if uh, if the parent company of DDT does not purchase Noah. 
Would you agree with that? 100%, yeah, of course. Yeah. This is happening. You know, it's airing on universe. Uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 it wouldn't even, this tournament wouldn't even exist. Noah would be in dire, a dire situation right now if they weren't purchased uh, some months back. So yeah, you're very lucky, first of all, or they'd be trying to just run rogue the way that big Japan is. And it'd be a big mess. This is organized. It's on the network. It's on their network. And, uh, you know, they continue to run in that little building there with no fans. And we have their new overlords to thank, really, because otherwise this tournament's not even happening. Um, some surprising results. I don't think anyone would have picked. He held the Dr. Wagner Jr. <laughs> and Rene Dupree to come out of that A block before this tournament started. So they finished in a tie at the top with four points with Cano. And Masakitamiya, but of but you know by virtue of the head-to-head uh, win, they move on with uh, Keito Kiyomiya and Shuhei Tanaguchi and Marafuji and Mochizuki finishing with two points and uh, tied for second place, I guess. And then the B block, and this will be your final. It's uh, Axis Goshiozaki and Katsuhiku Nakajima overcoming the big upset on night one. I couldn't believe it. I guess we're going to talk about it. Um, they win the block with the two and one record with the tiebreaker over Takashi Sagara and Shrek Skeen. So it's going to be Kiho D. Dr. Wagner Jr. and Rene Dupree <laughs> versus Go Shiozaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima. Just as we all predicted, of course. That Can I tell you, though? Rene Dupree has looked good. He's looked pretty solid. Yeah, I, I, I remarked, I thought it was pretty funny that uh, night one he wore uh, trunks that said loner on the back. And I was like, oh, that's, that's an ominous beginning. But uh, this team, they've been pretty good. And, and they've, uh, yeah, they've, they've. They've looked pretty good, and Rene Dupree's looked pretty solid as well. So, I, That's what I mean. I mean, Rene Dupree um, has looked way better than I thought he would in the tournament, uh, but it's still pretty surprising to see them come out of the block as the, uh, as the block winners to go to the final here. But as far as the tournament itself, uh, I saw the first three nights. You saw the first four. I guess we can quickly – I mean, these shows only have two matches each. Right. So – uh, they're quick, easy watches. I think one of them is like night three is like 39 minutes long. I mean, they're a breeze. It's just two matches. Um, I think my one of my big picture criticisms, um, the matches have been too long. I mean, as we've learned with the empty building wrestling, and mostly, bad, and mostly bad better. too, I think it's another problem. Not had. a lot of it's very good, but I think part of that is because they've been so long because like we talked about last week, the longer these empty arena matches go, uh, the harder it is for them to hold your attention all the way through, and you just don't have that. It's shorter is better. Now they have the intensity. These no, I mean, they're knocking each other's heads off in some of these matches. The problem is, all of the matches have been like over fifteen minutes for the most part. When really, all of them should be below fifteen minutes. And I'm sitting here watching these, and I'm thinking, well, there's only two matches per show, so maybe they're just trying. But then I'm like, but wait, there's no fans. It doesn't matter. You don't need to go long to provide a show because we're all just watching a stream anyway. Right. And like you're saying, the other thing too, is like, they're not uniform lengths too. Like the, the one show was, yeah, like you said, like half the length of the other shows, like one show was, was a full 60 minutes. And then night three, because the opening match was three minutes and the, and the, and the closing match was like, you know, 18 or whatever. It was done in 30 minutes and you were out there. So it's not even like they have to fill the hour time slot. Like you're saying, or they're, they're saying, Oh, every day is an hour or every, every show is an hour. It hasn't been that way. So that doesn't even make sense. Now, as far as empty arena goes, I'd put them firmly behind Dynamite. 
I'd put them firmly behind what we saw out of all Japan. Um, was this better than what WWE has been doing? It's close. Slightly, I, I been slightly, Noah. but not a ton better. <laughs> the intensity of the work has been good. It's just the matches are, if the matches were shorter, I'd put them ahead of WWE. Um, they do have the tight camera shots. So that's a plus, but Again, some of the matches, like you said, just haven't been good. Uh, you know, night one, we're treated to Maceo Inoue <sighs> right away in the opener. I mean, this guy stinks. So he's, he's, he's stunk when he was young, and he's st- and like now he's old. It's do, like do people ironically been... like him? Or I, I, Very I don't... few. He, he's the kind of guy where most people, even your hardcore pro elitists. Like you can't really lie to yourself anymore, right? No, they acknowledge okay. he's bad. But there are, you can go real deep. Like – there have been people who have gotten mad at me for saying he stinks. And they're like, well, he had the greatest GHC title match of all time. <laughs> Remember that comedy match where he almost won with the roll-ups? Yeah, against, yeah, uh, yeah. But that one, I mean, in real – like, stop. <laughs> right. That's not the greatest GHC title match of all time. Stop watching wrestling if that's your greatest GHC yeah, like, title match. It's just another one of those things. It's like the Yano effect. Yeah, well, that's the best G1 match ever. Okay, fuck off. Go away. Yeah, exactly. Like – a shitty wrestler found a way to have an entertaining main event. Don't you don't have to go any further than that. It's just a shitty wrestler finding a way to have a decent main event. But people have to just exaggerate things. But no, I don't think I think he's someone who everyone recognizes as, as is shitty and has always been pretty shitty. I could totally say it though. I mean, he's still an acceptably he's still an acceptable pro wrestler. He's, he's slowing down a lot though. He that, is slowing down. You're right. That in this match it was really glaring, and I remember you know watching it in real time. And there was a, there was a point where I think he was going for like some sort of snapmare, or he was going to do some sort of neckbreaker. And Goshiozaki's laying on the mat, and Akatoshi Saito bounces off the ropes, and he's coming back to give him the snapmare, the neckbreaker, whatever. And I swear to God, Goshiozaki has to look behind him to see if Saito's still coming. And oh, he is. Okay, cool. And then he takes it. It's just like, it was comically long. It's like, oh, man. Like, this guy just to bounce off the ropes and get back to where he was took, like, you know, 15 seconds. You know, and and, and that is, like, a lifetime in pro wrestling. So he is He's, starting to slow down a little bit, unfortunately. He is starting to slow he down. He was better He's than Inoue. Down. I'll give him that. Like, you know, no matter what's going on, he was still a thousand times better than than Inoue in this match. But, yeah, he's, he's, you're starting to see it a little bit with him. He's still passable, but he is slowing down. And he is 50. Yeah, he's 54, <laughs> for God's he's sake. He's 54 so. years old. Yeah. I mean, and, and, he, and he's never been like, uh, you know, uh, he's never been a CrossFit uh, master. He's never been particularly <laughs> right, in yeah. shape. So, I mean, but, you know, the problem with this match was I'm watching it. And I didn't, I watched it. I came in blind. And I'm like, this is, first of all, this is way too fucking long. I, this match is ridiculously. Uh, these two guys can should not be going over ten minutes, let alone over fifteen minutes. But then they won, and I'm like, oh, okay. So Shiozaki and Nakajima are going to win the next two with the whole, and that's exactly how it played out. But um, you know, so then I was like, it's a little more acceptable. But again, because my whole idea was, you've got your world champion, and you've got Nakajima, who's a top guy. You've got your two two tippy top guys. They should have squashed these two old men. Yeah, it was like, well, I said it was like comical watching like Goshiozaki have to be like, oh no, I'm being, you know, my arm is being, you know, pulled by, you know, like, yeah, like you're saying, it should have been bing, bing, bing. These guys kicked their fucking heads off and beat them. You, you know, it, it, it made no, I couldn't believe that Goshiozaki uh, and, and, or, and Nakajima, both guys in their prime, would have trouble with, with, you know, Akatoshi Saito. It was just, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it, it's like, and, and you really see, 
they they had to slow down for these guys. They couldn't work at their usual pace. That's they're just it's just they're old and they're not good. Um, but uh, look, too long. Um, you know, and but you know, not a good match. Um, and then we had uh, Mochizuki and Marafuji uh, uh, beating Kiyomiya and Taniguchi. Much better match. Yeah, but, it was solid. Uh, Nothing spectacular, but but solid. Yeah, it's just a, a different. It was worked at a different speed than the previous match, and that was fine. And then quickly on night two, uh, we got our first look at Rene Dupree, who looked shockingly good in this tournament. I mean, look, I've never had anything against Rene Dupree, but you don't know what you're going to get out of a guy who you barely ever see wrestle. Um, and uh, they beat uh, the Congo combination on the first night. That's Kano and Masakitamiya. And then uh, Sakin and Segera beat Daisuke Sekimoto and uh, Yoshiki Inamura. Uh, Sakin... He's a guy who has a cult following. He yeah, you got to great... explain this guy to me. I, I thought like <laughs> I thought Mohamed Yone had like got run over by a car or something. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And I had to look and 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 I now see a little bit about him. And he's an interesting fellow. But yeah, what's the background here? Um, Sakin has a great look, and that's really as far as it goes because he's terrible. I mean, he's a terrible pro <laughs> he wrestler. Not good at all. Yeah. He, he's got a. He, here's what he has. He has a great look and a legitimate background. Now, for some people. A legitimate background is all it takes. Some people are just marks for anyone with a legitimate background. I'm not. The problem I have with that is I like when guys have legitimate backgrounds if they're also yeah, good. Yeah, I also like wrestlers. when they're good wrestlers. Yeah, that, because that, that adds I'm watching another, wrestling. I'm not watching MMA, so I don't give a shit. Because that adds another dimension. If they're, if they're a good wrestler at, then and they have that legitimate background, that, that absolutely adds another element. Uh, plus he's old. The other thing is he's old. He's not a very good pro wrestler, but he does have a great look. Um, I remember, I don't know if it, I don't think it was on the show cause we've never talked about him, but behind the paywall, I talked about him when he was with all Japan and he was brutal there. He's brutal here, but he does have like an annoying cult following because yeah. of his work it looks like he lost his last four, uh, MMA fights too, which I always find funny that like just existing in MMA is like, Oh, this guy's a real shooter. Or whatnot. But yeah. it's like, does it matter if they terrible. lose all the time? Like, like, yeah. I know. Look, it's like the Josh Barnett thing. Like Josh Barnett, you know. Oh, you got to respect the real fighter. It's like he loses and he tests positive for steroids every time. Like, no, I'm not going to respect him. <laughs> this guy's yeah, not want to so, fight since 2015. Fuck out of here. <laughs> but he has an interesting look. He almost has that acrimology look, but as a non-giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his nickname, you know, they call him Shrek because he looks like Shrek. He does look like Shrek. Yeah. Uh, he's got the big facial features, so he looks like Shrek. And look, he's entertaining to a point because he has such a great look. And every now and then he'll throw in a cool-looking throw or something, but it's too few and far between with him. But uh, he's part of Segura's group of fucking shooters that he's got going on now, so that's the deal with that. And they picked up a win on uh, on night two in their opener. And then uh, night three, Sekimoto and Inamura got on the board because they beat Saito and Inoue. And you knew Saito and Inoue were just going to go 0-2 the rest of the oh, for way. For sure, yeah. There was no way. Saito. I got a little worried on night one, and then I had to realize and, and think to myself, of course I know what's going to happen here the rest of the way. So No, by that point, it's like you knew by the result of that match, okay, Axis is going to win their last two and win the block. I mean, and the other two guys are going to lose both their match. Because they have to. Because if they win another match, they have the tiebreaker. So it's like when you see the upset night one, you know how the rest of the tournament's going to play out. Um so then uh, this, I thought, was the best match out yes. of the match. Okay, I, I, thought, I thought you said you didn't. I thought you said you only saw the first two nights, and I was so upset that you hadn't seen this match yet. But you saw no, I got, through, I got through night three while we were setting up. 
Because it was only like a 39-minute show. Remember I told you, oh, I can go in a half hour. This is why. <laughs> right, right. Cause, not because you had to do something, but because you were no. watching Noah. So I love it. I was it. watching Noah with no fans. Um, so Kano and Masakitamiya versus Masaki, Masaki Mochizuki and Naomichi Marafuji. These two teams beat the living shit out of each other. I should also note, before we talk about that, Sekimoto and Inamura squashed Saito and Inoue the way that Axis should have squashed them on night one. Three-minute match. They went in there. They killed these old fucks. Because Saito and Inoue, they're not even the kind of old guys you have to protect. It's not like it's Yuji Nagata. It's not like it's, uh, you know, Satoshi Kojima where you got to give him a little respect. Maseo Inoue has never gotten respect. So, you like, you can squash that guy and it's not even disrespectful to, like, his history. You know what I mean? So, uh, they did the squash. But this... uh, Kano Kitamiya versus Mochizuki Marafuji match. It's the best match that I've seen so far. You'll talk us through night four. But, um, oh my god, they beat the living fuck out of each other. Marafuji's actually put an effort in in this tournament, which is surprising with no fans, right? Yeah, like, I was kind of, I, I couldn't believe he was doing that either. I was, I was watching this match, I'm like, alright buddy, there's no, there's no fans, man. You don't have to, you don't have to do this, but I, I'll take it, man. I like it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, they beat the living shit out of each other here, and they did the KO finish with yes. the high kick. Fucking love so, it. So if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to look it up, didn't Kano beat Mochizuki by, by high kick knockout in the, in the singles tournament too? I think so. Let me, I, I remember that happening, but I can't confirm. I wonder how we could find I'll that look out. It up. I'm yeah. going to look it up I think, right now. I think if you just look up referee decision, oh man, that didn't come up. Um, ah, I just put up singles match between the two. I know. They oh, I, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so that's Joe and Joe and Rich in real time. People uh, love this. Don't yeah, worry about it. Search on Cage Match. Uh, yeah. No, it's gonna be great here in all the chat room. God, I love it. It's okay. Uh no, I, I, I got I messed Mochizuki beat Kano by knockout. Wasn't that how it was? Because Mochizuki won the match. I know that match had a knockout, is what I'm saying. Or maybe it didn't, and I'm just remembering wrong. But Kano won matches in the N one with the knockout. Uh, here you go. Okay, uh, uh Nakajima beat Kano by ref's decision. But that was in 2017. That might not be the one you're thinking of. No, no, no. Yeah, that's in not the this one. in the 2019 N1. Okay. Kano had some matches that finished via knockout. And I think Mochizuki may have knocked him out and now Kano is knocking him out as a receipt. Got it. I think. Yeah, we, we they did have a match but I can't confirm that that was I, I don't remember if it was via knockout, so. Yeah, so anyway, I think that's the deal there and why they did a knockout this time. Because I think Kano is getting Mochizuki back for knocking him out. I think. I could be off on that. But um, Either way, it fucking anyway. rocked. Either way, it fucking ruled. Yeah, I was yeah, like, you know, I was kind of down on this globally. I'm like, oh, man, this stuff's not really working for me. This stuff's not quite working. And then fucking Kano gets ready, launches a kick. He drops his ass. The referee looks at him. Nothing back. Boom. Over. And I loved it. I was like, yes. The globe, Waves it off. It's back, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> more of so, these. Uh, more knockouts. To me, that was out of the six matches I saw. That was the top match. But I think the, the best team I've seen. Well, those were the two best teams in the tournament to me with the stuff that I saw. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think anything from the, the night four is going to change. Because uh, it was Kiyomiya and Taniguchi versus uh, uh, Dr. Wag- uh, the Wagner Jr. And, and Rene Dupree. Eh, it was okay. I think the first match between with Dupree and Wagner was a little bit better. Let me ask you this. if you re- uh, Maybe you don't remember, but who did Kiyomiya pin? I Wagner don't or recall now. I think... I'm interested in that. I believe I he pinned Wagner, but don't quote me on that. I think it was Wagner, but but I don't recall uh, a- 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 exactly who it was. But yeah, if you can find that out, 
Uh, that'd be that'd be good info. Um, and then the uh, the main event was Axis uh, versus uh, the fucking Trek dude and uh, Segura and uh, Axis won. And it was the problem was this went like twenty minutes. The good thing is like Shrek's stuff was was pretty minimal and it was basically Segura in there with Shiozaki and Nakajima, so you can't be too upset about it. But it was the same thing that you kind of said with those first nights. It's like, do I really need a twenty minute match right now in front of no fans? In a match that's not that, you know, it's not great. It wasn't a great match. It was okay, but, like, at a certain point, you're like, all right, let's get on with the guys. Like, let's just get, you know, let's let somebody win. 20 minutes. On. Yeah, it was, it was excruciating long. 20 yeah. minutes with Shrek? Okay, how did Shrek hold his own? Or No, not really. Like I said, he, I, he was, from my recollection of it, I watched it earlier today, uh, earlier this morning, he was barely in. He was in for a, f- a few little spots here and there. Uh, Segura basically did the heavy lifting. And, and Segura can go for 20 minutes, of course, uh, with Shiozaki and Nakajima. But, yeah, it, 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 yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't anything that you really, really need to uh, go out of your way to check out, I don't think. Okay, so then uh, that leaves Night 5, which neither one of us watched. So Night 5, obviously, uh, that Night 5 has four matches because they wanted to you know have drama going into the last mm-hmm. night and all that. So that's where everything got decided. So... Um, that's where I guess the big upset there was El Hijo del Dr. Wagner Jr. and Rene Dupree upsetting Mochizuki and Marafuji. And uh, that's how they moved on. And Axis beat Sekimoto and Inamura. So those ended up being the uh, the block deciders, the way that things shook out. So um, it sounds like what you're, I'm going to skip night four. That doesn't sound interesting to me. Nah, I don't think there's anything um, you really need to, to watch in night four. So. I'm going to do night five. I'm going to watch those two matches. Oh, yeah. 24 minutes for. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at that right now going, oof. Boy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Good. I mean, they're going to be. Look. These guys all beat the shit out of each other in this tour. The effort's there. Right, right, right. No question about that. The problem is, as we learned with all Japan, I mean, keep that length down. That's the formula. It really is. Um, especially when your atmosphere is as dry as this is very similar to the WWE atmosphere. When you've got people around ringside, at least you you stand a chance with the longer match. Uh, we saw that with Kenny Omega and Trent, you know, but that was kind of pushing it too. But, um, eh, I'll give night five a shot, but we know the final. Now, when is the final that I don't know that I have no clue. Yeah. I have no idea when that's, that's scheduled. I don't see anything that says exactly when that was going to take place, but, uh, can we do this before we wrap it up? I want you to, cause I think this tournament, these team names were awesome. Did you see the team names? Hopefully you didn't. Let's go through them. I don't think so. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's rank the team names from uh, one to 10. Okay. 10 being the coolest. Uh, Masaki Mochizuki and Naomichi Marafuji. Mochi Maru. Mochi uh, Maru. Eh, you know, a li- I, nah, little lazy, right? A little, little lazy, lazy, a little generic. I think with those two guys, very dynamic wrestlers, very good wrestlers. You know, all time greats. I think you could have done a little bit better than that, especially in Japan. I, 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 I would take some bullshit ass name like that from some shitty, you know, U.S. indie or whatever. But I, Japan's got a, a legacy of great tag team names, so that one so far is going to be pretty low. I'm going I'm to put that at a one right now. So that that oh. is that's that's dead last right now. But it can move up. It can move. It's the first one. You know, it could move up. But it, it it's dead I last. I wasn't for expecting now. a one. Wow, that's a terrible name. You crushed it. I would have given it a five. I think it's an average name. All right. Next up, Kato Kiyomiya and the former Maybach Tanaguchi. Unchains, not unchained. <laughs> yeah, unchains. 
Unchained. I think it would have been a little bit higher if it was Unchained. Unchained is a little weird, but uh, I can't knock it too much. It's going to go in the middle right now, so I'm going to put it at five. I'm, let me get a word. Uh, let me get a word pad out here so I can uh, make sure I move these things. Up. You're taking this seriously. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I wanna, so what, what um, was it? Mocha. The Mocha. Fucking. Hey, give it a one. Mocha, Mocha Maru. That sucks. That one's terrible. Uh, we'll go five on Unchained. And then, uh, all right, cool. I got, I got everyone else up there. Okay, all right. You can't change them now. I'm not going. No. They're, well, no. I'm gonna have, gonna have to re-rank. Change. I have to re-rank. We're not ranking. We're just giving a number. Oh, uh, I thought you wanted these like yeah, no. one. Like I thought you wanted a one through ten like ranking. No, 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 of, no, 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 oh, okay, no. okay, okay. Just one to ten in coolness. That's oh, okay, all. cool. No, I'm fine then. I'm fine. One for Mochi Meru, five for Unchains. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go six for Unchains, and uh, five for Mochi Meru. Okay, Kano and Masakitamiya. It's the name of their unit, Congo. That's I, I like it. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm gonna go seven there. Congo's a seven. I agree. I agree. Um, so we've got Hiho Del Doctor Wagner Jr. and Rene Dupree. They are Sugera Gun International. I love it. Nine. Not just Sugera Gun. This is Sugera Gun International. I love. I love a good like World One International. I like. I like when you you, you know you add the uh, even NWO Japan. I like the idea of like an offshoot of a stable. So yeah, I'm go, I'm going to nine there. I like a, I like a good international flavor there. So I'll go seven on that. So uh, Goshiozaki and Katsuki Nakajima, of course, are axes. Yeah, axes. I mean, it's a cool name. Eight, I'd say. I mean, it's their normal name. I don't expect them to change or whatever. But eight, I, I'm good of a solid eight there. Kind of tired of it though, right? Like yeah, a little, it's... a little dry, but yeah. So Takashi Sagara and Shrek. Sugera gun, of course. Yeah. Do you think it's just ripping off Suzuki gun? Suzuki gun? Yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, it does Or is feel... it just a Japanese thing where it's like... It feels a little lazy, though. Again, like they have such a great legacy of, of, of names like that that you would assume that they'd be a little bit better. So I, I, I'm going to have to go seven for, for that, unfortunately. But just slapping the international on it makes it so much cooler. It does. It really does. Yeah, Suzuki Goon International. Yeah, or Sagara Goon International is, is great because yeah, it's it's fucking <laughs> El Hio de Wagner Jr. and fucking uh, yeah. Rene Dupree. It's awesome. It's unbelievable. So Akatoshi Saito and Maseo Inoue, the Anti Wrestler Alliance. <laughs> Ten. I love it. It's a great name. It's a great name. It's a great name for two guys who stink, right? <laughs> right exactly, because they are the anti-wrestlers, because they, they're fucking garbage, so it makes sense. And here we go for Daisuke Sekimoto and Yoshiki Inomura. Muscle toughness. Oh, fucking 12. That's a 10. That's that is such a Japanese team 10 name. 10 plus, 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 plus on that one. Yeah, that's that's what I want. When you give me fucking Mochi Meru or whatever, get the fuck out of here. I want muscle madness. Whatever. I want muscle and then a word after it, and then I'm good. Right. Daisuke Sekimoto, any team he's on is going to be muscle toughness. It just exudes Daisuke <laughs> yeah. Sekimoto. Yeah, that dude, I would I would buy a shirt that's just him folding his ar- his massive arms and it just says muscle toughness underneath it. I'd buy that tomorrow. Is it better or worse than Muscle Orchestra? Oh no, of, that's the all time. Uh, that that that's the that is the the absolute the all time. Nakanishi and Strongman Holy John Demon Anderson. Army is pretty close, but man, Muscle Orchestra is great though. Because I don't think you can top Holy Demon Army. That one that's... is tough, but that one might that one you might want to retire. That one might just be in like such a pantheon that it like gets retired across the board. It's like the Jackie Robinson Forty Two, you, you know. Yeah. And then all other ones have to then sort of be because you can't rank that one with every other one because it's just blowing everybody else out of the water. Yeah, yeah, Holy Demon Army, you'd be hard pressed to top that. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know if I come up with a better one. And it just fit them too. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. 
the guys that were in the group, like it fit them too. But uh, muscle toughness and anti wrestler alliance, I think those are the winners <laughs> of this. Uh, <laughs> I think I give them both a ten. I mean, oh yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, because they both fit the personality of the participants too. Oh, the muscle muscle toughness or whatever that that's like fucking that's a nineteen. You, you know what I mean? That's that's an elite level one for sure. Can't you see Maceo in a way with that dumb smirk he always has on his face? <laughs> anti wrestler alliance, calling himself the anti wrestler alliance. Yeah, because he always has that dumb smirk on his face. Yeah, he fucking, right? he's terrible with those stupid sideburns. And his uh, and his his soft body, like it, like it just it it fits him the anti wrestler alliance thing, you know. But uh, that's the uh, the global tag league. I guess we we don't know when the final is. I guess when we figure out when they're when they're gonna have the damn thing, uh, we'll watch it. And we'll talk about it. So. There you, there go. you go. That's it. We're that's done. Yeah, we're done. So thank you everybody for uh, for listening. Of course, the ten dollar tier, uh, folks. Thank you for uh, listening live and, and sticking with us live. This was a, I know, kind of a short notice show, but it was like you and I like texting each other of like we kind of have to get something going today. It's it's like it yeah. it, 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 it we didn't ha- we couldn't come up with the time exactly tomorrow. We couldn't come up with exactly the time Friday, and with everything going on today, we were just like we got to get something going on here. So I think it was it was I, cool. So I'm I'm gonna go fuck now. I've there you go. All, all right. Kids or no kids? Well, you, you still have the kids there, or are the kids gone for? When the kids are gone. I'm going to get all the gimmicks out of the top drawer. You got the top <laughs> drawer gimmicks out, right? Let's see what the weather in college. I'm I'm, I'm fascinated about the uh, the outdoor fucking uh, here. So one second, let's see what your weather's looking like uh, for the weekend. Uh, this is Friday, right? That that you're free. I never said I'm going to fuck outside. This was ah really- rain. Uh oh. I mean, that, that not that it would stop you. It might be even sexier, but um, looks like you're good until three. So you get get the get the outdoor fucking going until three, and then. Looks like you'll be all right. I never committed to the outdoor I'm just saying. Set. I'm just saying if you were going to, I just, you know. You asked me if I ever have. That was different than are you going to. Oh, okay. Night. Well, are you going to? I'd say probably not. <laughs> okay. But you funny. can't, I can't make any promises. Well, I mean, now that like, the house is open to you guys, it's not like you're bored of the house. Like, the house is open to you guys now type thing. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, if the mood strikes, I'll bang outside. Okay, I don't know. All right, yeah, let's go. We're kind of wild, you know. You never know what's going to happen <laughs> over here. Yeah. Wrap it up, Rich. Happy anniversary, Joe. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk to you guys uh, next time. VoiceWrestling.com. Uh, VoiceWrestling.com slash Discord, of course, for our Discord channel. And then again, thank you guys so much for subscribing to the $10 tier. If you're listening to this live, uh, VoiceWrestling.com slash Patreon. If you're listening to this on demand and you want to listen to it live, uh, you can do that. VoiceWrestling.com slash Patreon. $10 tier. The $5 tier stuff is not stopping either. Uh, plenty of content coming out uh, for that as well. TV reviews, recaps, all that sort of stuff is coming. So anyway, that is it for us. For Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll see you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.